Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants, it's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code IntegrativeThoughts10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is the homie Zach Halford. Now, this is a three-hour podcast, really circulating around emotional work. So we dive into a lot of his childhood trauma that he has unraveled revolving around some sexual trauma he experienced at like seven years old and how subconsciously that led him into using steroids and bodybuilding. And then in his early 20s, actually realizing he was pretty ill, maybe not a chronic illness, but definitely hormonally wrecked, out of balance, fatigue, brain fog, a lot of things that a lot of us deal with who kind of treat our body like trash. So we uncovered a lot of the emotional work and his trauma responses that he has worked through, through breath work and different protocols. We even get into getting our cavitations removed, which is a very, very big deal for a lot of people overcoming chronic illness, which are infections in the jaw. And I think this was an amazing podcast. Honestly, one of my favorites that I've done. A lot of people like to talk to Zach about his financial freedom and his 
uh, trading business because he does really well for himself in trading. But since he is the homie, I really pushed him beforehand to deep dive on some of these topics that I know he's worked through, through his breathwork practice, through psychedelics, through yoga, through meditation, all of the practices that I always talk about on my podcast and on my show. So hopefully you guys can relate and get a little bit out of this. This was an amazing episode. So prepare for a three-hour deep dive on all things trauma and emotional work with the homie Zach Helford. Zach, welcome to the show, brother. My man, Matt. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, I think this one's going to be a, a real good vibe. Uh, I mean, not only just because we know each other, but also been a long time coming. And I think um, I think that uh, what you've been going through and what I've been going through as far as both healing, kind of like similar linear kind of past. We even had some similar health issues as far as dental work and everything. So super interesting um, that we cross paths and everything. And so I'm super excited for today for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's been a journey for both of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually want to start kind of um, because I know for a lot of people that kind of work through trauma and in their adulthood and kind of figured things out, some of that usually stems from childhood. So why don't you kind of tell us what it was like for you growing up and what your childhood looked like and if any of the traumas kind of stem from that? Yeah, so as I've gotten older, what I've realized is a lot of it, the majority of the trauma does come from childhood. So from zero to seven years old, we are in theta brainwaves for the most part. And theta brainwaves is the door to the subconscious. So we are constantly getting programmed with everything in our environment. So growing up for me, I grew up in a, an environment. I didn't have a, a crazy childhood. You know, on the surface, my childhood, like I grew up in small town Alaska. I... Um, I think I lost you there. Oh, there we go. I grew up in uh, small town Alaska, you know, 5,000 people. I played sports and everything. Uh, but the household, the core household, it was very chaotic, very unregulated. And me being a very highly sensitive kid, I tuned in and I picked up on a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions from the people around me in my, in my inner circle. And that really caused a lot of problems. And then um, when I was about, I don't know the exact age, but around seven to eight or nine years old, I got molested by one of my friends. And that was a very traumatic experience for me because it was the first time I had my power taken away, away from me. And I can very vividly bring myself back and I can remember but like it felt like an energy. It felt like something was being stripped from me. And then it happened a few times for my friend. He was one of my best friends growing up. And then I took that energy on. And it was like I was the one who was molested. And then I molested a few of my friends, you know. So it was like you hurt me, I hurt you type of thing. And that caused a lot of trauma um, growing up, especially as I've gotten into more of adulthood. It's caused me to really be uncomfortable around men i've worked through it a lot and then but just having like weird thoughts you know weird thoughts and feeling very very ungrounded very unsafe around men and really questioning my sexuality a few years ago a few years ago when i um really started 
doing the deep inner work. There was a point in, in my life where I thought I could be gay, you know, it, wow. because I, yeah, because I was, I was bringing up all of this trauma from when I was younger and I was almost reliving those thoughts, reliving the, those emotions. So yeah, that was really hard for me when I was younger and then just growing up playing sports and I was very angry. I was very mad. Uh, my father, he was very, very controlling. And I was very sheltered as a kid. I wasn't able to do that much. And then when my parents got divorced when I was uh, 16, I, I lived with my mom. And it was like, whew, I'm free. I can do whatever I want, you know? So that's when I really got into bodybuilding and powerlifting. And I ex that was the gym was where I expressed myself. The gym was where I allowed myself to let the anger out, let the pain out, let the sadness out. And I would work out for two to three to four hours every single day. My personality type, I'm, a, I'm an extremist. So whenever I do something, I go all in on it. And that's what I did with bodybuilding is I went all in. And uh, it, was, it was great for the time. But as I, as I got older, I, I really realized that it wasn't serving me anymore and I had to let it go. Yeah, so th there's layers to this. And before we get into the bodybuilding portion, I think um, sexual trauma seems to be one that is probably the hardest to let go if it happened during childhood. Whether like when you see females who have had some form of like uh, being molested or sexual trauma as a young, they, they really carry it. And even if they do a lot of deep work. So what, at, being seven or eight years old, what, what did that look like? Was it just like inappropriate touching? I'm like confused that what seven and eight year olds like could molest each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, he was basically humping me. Like he oh. was behind me. He was humping me. Yeah. It wasn't like, I mean, I don't, we were seven, eight years old. We were just kind of messing around, but it was, it was the violation you know, it was the violation and I didn't want to do it. And that experience, especially being a very sensitive kid, that experience is is what really hurt me and really caused a lot of pain. Wow. And then you went on to do the same actions to other people. Yeah. Yeah. A few of my friends uh, in the next like few months. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy how we pick up on that type of stuff. And then we basically bury it forever and it goes away. And I also, uh, we, we kind of went over my childhood when we did the breathwork stuff we'll get into later. And I told you, I felt that I, I was a little bit more sensitive than my older brothers and cousins who were in the house and they kind of like beat on me, picked on me. They were like, you know, quote unquote, like making me tougher, which is like, you know, it's an old school paradigm and it's in a, in a crazy world. Maybe, maybe it helped quite a bit to build some armor and, you know, growing up in Flint, Michigan, it's kind of rugged. So you, you really don't want to be soft, but pushing someone to that extent just to be tough and to play football and to be a better athlete and things like that necessarily didn't allow me to express any emotions. And I feel like we were kind of in the same camp there where we felt a little bit more in tune and emotional, but didn't know how to express it or there wasn't really an avenue to express it. And then you experience some of these traumas. We have different traumas, obviously, and you kind of carry that into adulthood. And so it's, uh, that's why I like to talk about the childhood stuff. I think a lot of people relate in that aspect. 
And do you think that maybe that childhood trauma, that that kind of uh, molestation or, you know, kind of a soft form of molestation since you were so young, do you think that's why you started doing the bodybuilding and the gear? Like someone stripped me of my power. So now I'm going to get strong and bold and build this character that basically no one's ever going to be able to take that power away from me again. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. It was my armor. It was my shield from being hurt. It was my protective mechanism. And what happens whenever that, that childhood trauma happens, especially sexual abuse or physical abuse when you're younger, what it teaches you is it teaches you as a child that I am not safe in my body. I do not feel safe in my body. And it's a very dysregulating feeling. And then a lot of people suffer from disassociation. And why are people disassociated from their bodies? It's because there's so much trauma within their bodies, typically from childhood. A lot of abuse victims, they suffer from disassociation because it's too much. It's too much to come back into the body because that's where the pain is. That's where the trauma is. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, the more I dove into this, and I don't know if you've ever taken the uh, the ACE kind of quiz. It's like the childhood trauma kind of, like, quiz. And it's like the higher you score, like, the more likely you are to get sick or develop some form of chronic illness older. And I scored, like, a perfect score on, like, the whole thing. And, like, it's, of course, I had autoimmune growing up and it developed into addictions and into Lyme disease. It's just super bizarre how I think some of these traumas that we um, bury down beneath, they they don't just hold on to you emotionally. I think they actually affect cell-to-cell kind of like mechanistic actions. You know, I think your cells begin to work incorrectly, especially like uh, neuronal stuff, you know, neurotransmitters, and you just start to really slowly degrade over time. And it seems good because you're kind of invincible throughout your 20s. And then you hit that wall somewhere when you've been pushing your body too hard and you kind of crumble and then you have to go through this sort of uh, dark night of the soul, hero's journey, whatever you want to call it. So what did the bodybuilding look like for you and how long were you on the steroids and stuff? Yeah, and that's exactly what happened is I took the bodybuilding, the powerlifting to an extreme and then life slapped me in the face. So I started bodybuilding, powerlifting around 16 years old. I competed in my first few shows at 17, 18, won my first few bodybuilding shows. Then I got into powerlifting and I was powerlifting. I only did two bodybuilding shows, but I did 10 powerlifting meets. And during that time, I won uh, Americans. I won Americans for, for my aging in, and, or excuse me, nationals. I won nationals. I set multiple world records for my Asian weight class in the squat and the deadlift. And I started I started taking steroids a little bit after I started competing. So just to be clear, I never cheated. I always uh, I always uh, competed in untested federations, meaning like pretty much everyone is on on gear, you know. So I started taking when I was eighteen, my senior year in high school, actually. The second wow. half of my senior year in high school. Yeah. And then I started um, really just playing on and off with cycles. Like the first cycle, I just did test. And then I got into test and D-ball. And then I got into test, trend, D-ball. And I really just started to take more and more substances as the cycle went on. And when I was 20 years old, 
I had a plant, a plant medicine experience, actually. I took MDMA for the first time, and it was the first really experience I had like that other than smoking marijuana when I was a little bit younger, and it completely opened my eyes up. It, it changed my perspective on everything. It showed me that if I want to be alive when I'm 40 or 50 and I actually want to feel good in my body, I have to stop doing this. So that experience right there showed me that bodybuilding wasn't for me anymore. And then when I was 20 years old is when I really began the healing journey. And I was cutting down from 230 pounds. I was 230 pounds at my biggest and I'm about 165 now. So it's been a, it's been a really long journey and I've, I've realized a lot during that experience, especially with how trauma is formed in the tissues as you were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think you listened to my show with Ryan Sprague and we, we kind of talked, touched on that. MDMA is like the one party drug that kind of can give you a revelation sometimes unexpectedly. I think like uh, mushrooms may do that for some people, but it's more so like scary. Like MDMA is kind of like you're just like, oh, in this party zone, I'm feeling great. And then all of a sudden you're like, I need to change like everything. Like, this is not the beaten path for me. Like, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Well, for me, like, I was an alcoholic. I was on other drugs. And then I started going to, like, EDM and festival stuff and got introduced to MDMA. And I think I started to shift. Like, I started to think differently. That's when I, like, quit doing the other drugs. And I started microdosing and things like that. And kind of quit drinking as heavy. And it's interesting. Like, you don't really mean for the MDMA to be, like, a plant medicine kind of experience. But it can end up being for some people. Yeah, of course. And I just want to reflect, reframe that. Not a plant medicine experience, mm -hmm. but a psychedelic like experience. And right. it wasn't, it wasn't ever taken in a, in a party setting. It was taken in a very ceremonial setting. I was living with some people at the time that were already in, into these types of ceremonies and things like that. So it was very intentional and it was, it was intense. It was very, very intense. It, it felt like a pretty big dose. And yeah, it was the first time I, I truly, truly felt my heart open. And I felt for the first time in a really long time, I actually felt other than, other than deep pain and deep sadness, deep depression, deep anxiety. And I didn't even realize it, but growing up, that's what I experienced all the time. I was always in a constant state of anxiety. I was always in a constant state of depression. I was always numbed out and the bodybuilding just helped me numb out even more. Yeah, that makes total sense. What, like when you came off of the gear, was your hormones just like wrecked? Did you just feel awful? And what, like, how did you even go about that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got off the gear and I, I couldn't get an erection for like six months. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I was really, really depressed. At one point, I, I went on antidepressants. I was on antidepressants for about like four to six weeks. And the antidepressants definitely helped me. They helped me. They showed me that I could be happy again. But it was more so, I feel like, a placebo. Uh, like I was more so putting, okay, I'm going to take this pill and I'm going to be happy. So I was putting the intention into the pill because the pill that I was taking, it, it takes around three to five weeks to kick in, you know? So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a journey. I got right into MMA after I stopped bodybuilding and that was, 
bodybuilding, but reincarnated into MMA. It was the same exact thing. I was doing the same thing. I was going all out, training two, three times a day, doing jujitsu competitions, and I was still stressing my body. I was still wearing my body down. So after that, um, I trained for about six months, and then I got a really bad staph infection. And I, I just realized that, okay, I need to really just calm down and relax. And that was when I was living in, in Utah. I was 21 years old living in Utah. And I moved back to Tennessee and just started getting into more like yoga, more body movement type stuff. And then uh, just to kind of fast forward through a bunch of things, I, I lived in Tennessee for a few years or for like six months. And then I moved to Cali and Cali is when everything really started to change for me. That's when I got into deep into holistic health. I got deep into yoga and I was starting to become aware how stressed out I was, how much trauma was actually stuck within my body. And it just, it's really started, started from there. Yeah. It's like, if you were living back in Cali in those days, you were just so far ahead of the curve as far as like holistic stuff. Is that where you experienced MDMA as well? No, I experienced MDMA in Utah. Wow, interesting. I figured it would have been when you were uh, spent your time in California just because it's so popular out there. It's like I feel like everyone's like scurrying away from California now, but if you were there, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you were really ahead of the curve as far as health and wellness. Yeah, so I was there four years ago. So, oh. I mean, still still pretty ahead of the curve. I mean, that's where I, I got introduced to Sheridan and I started taking the symbiotic, symbiotic products that we can maybe talk about later, which completely changed my life. And also, I'd love to circle back to a, uh, a mushroom experience. The only plant medicine experience I had back in, in Cali, eight grams of mushrooms. Mm. Yeah. Eight was, grams. That's a hefty dose. Yeah, it was a big dose. It was a big dose. What did you get from that experience? Um, be very, very mindful of who you do plant medicines with. Mm. And, was it a bad experience? Oh, it was. Yeah, I felt like it was. I was reliving a lot of this dark energy from when I was younger, especially from being molested. And yeah, it was a very, a very. I, I did it with this shaman that was wasn't really a, a shaman, you know. Mm -hmm. And when when things got bad, he had no idea what to do, and then I just kind of freaked out and. I thought he was like manipulating me and trying to kill me and all this stuff. And then I really realized like what was actually happening years later. Um, but yeah, it really taught me to, to be very mindful of who you do plant medicine with. And also, um, yeah, yeah, just be very mindful, very mindful of it. And it brought me deeper into myself. It brought me deeper into myself and realized how powerful I actually was because during the experience I I took I took action like my I was listening to my intuition and my intuition was like you got to get away from this guy you know so like I got away from him like there was a lot of weird stuff going on yeah just a lot of weird energy yeah I'm actually glad you said that because I do it's weirdly I didn't plan on talking about psychedelics almost every episode this season but it's ironically almost every single guest whether I thought they were into plant medicines or not has has brought up some form of experience not every single one but 
quite a few more than not has been interesting. I did plan on talking about it more, but I don't want to act like everybody should just go take willy nilly with the plant medicines. And um, there are definitely some dangers to taking it in the wrong set and setting, especially at high doses, you know, microdose. You can go take, you know, go to the beach or go do whatever you want and play around with that. But when you're getting into these bigger doses and you're opening up the door to a different realm where spirits can come in, and you don't have any form of guide or someone there that you trust, you can, you're, you're gonna you're gonna really go through it, especially if you haven't done a lot of like deep work. You know, I'd imagine if you did a plant medicine ceremony now that you've uh, done so much breath work, you would probably uh, navigate that experience really, really well. Depending on whatever came up, you would be able to connect to yourself back to the breath. You know, same thing like when I have a little bit of a tougher experience, I've done. Not a crazy amount of breath work, but I've done enough and I've done a lot of yoga and meditation where I, I balance myself out when shit gets rough. But not everyone's in that place and they may hear some of these podcasts and think that, um, you know, the, the guy down the streets doing an ayahuasca ceremony in his backyard this weekend and think yeah. it's a good way to go. And that's really not the case. Yeah, yeah, because they're the ones controlling the space. You know, they're the ones who are fighting off the potential quote-unquote demons, bad energy that are coming into the space. And that's what it was. I was feeling into some sort of bad energy, bad demon, probably within myself as well, but also within him. You know, I had the seven grams of mushrooms and then everything was going good. Everything was going really good. I, I got it from myself. Like, I, I got it from my own source. And then I was like an hour, two hours in. And then when everything started to kind of shift, like I was tripping, like I was high as fuck. I was <laughs> seeing trees breathe and everything, you know, like I was really tripping. And then I, I had some of his, some more of his mushrooms. I had like a gram or maybe a little bit more of his mushrooms. And uh, I ate them. And within 20, 30 minutes, everything changed. And it was like I was almost like eating his energy, eating his his. Mm. His poison is what it felt like to me. And yeah, I feel like, especially with all the work that I've done now, having that experience by myself, I would have been able to navigate it because I did navigate it afterwards. Like I got into my car and I drove 20 minutes in Santa Monica downtown, like on eight grams of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I drove to Whole Foods. I went to the bathroom and I sat in the bathroom for like an hour. Um, but yeah, I feel now now it would be no problem being able to regulate regulate yourself in that space and also having having the awareness that this is coming up, especially when you're by yourself, because there's no mirror, there's no one to project it onto. So anything that comes up, this is coming up within you and it's coming up to be processed. It's coming up to be healed. And that's something that comes up with breath work as well, is you'll have these these deep emotions, these, these uncomfortable emotions, but they're coming up to be processed. They're coming up for you to look at, for you to shed a light on them. And by shedding a light on them and processing them and feeling them, you're able to let them go, ultimately. Absolutely. I actually have been enjoying some of the more sober uh, style practices after doing quite a bit of plant medicine for a couple of years. I've probably only done like one bigger journey in the past year year and a half i was especially dealing with the line you know it was almost like too much for the nervous system while i was trying to go through that process to do anything besides a microdose i think i've done like one bigger dose and 
it was amazing. And then I was like tired for like three days because I was obviously dealing with Lyme. So it's like you feel good and you get all these like neurochemicals and then it's like, dude, you're dysregulated as fuck. Mm-hmm. Chill that out. So I haven't really done that many um, dealing with that. But I do plan on doing some more trying ayahuasca for the first time later this year actually once i'm a little bit more regulated after costa rica and things settle down so let me get back into it as i uh keep regaining some health i think that they are powerful and i think that they're potent and i think so many people have traumas that they don't realize that you know these traumas i want to actually kind of touch on because i never really brought this up but these traumas that we talked about they're they're unconscious in the moment like how, how I displayed and asked you if you built that armor around that around bodybuilding because of that sexual trauma. That was me recognizing something in you because I've, I've went through my traumas, right? Because I went through my shit. But when you were going through that, it was super unconscious. You were just bodybuilding. You weren't bodybuilding because you got molested. You were just bodybuilding. You just You were unconsciously doing an act because of another act. And I don't think a lot of people realize that these little, even micro traumas, whatever, their mom wasn't around enough or mom was at work. Like there's little things that carry with you that you don't really process until you go through some of these experiences like breath work or MDMA. or Sometimes combo really brings it out of some people or just whatever practice. Maybe it's just meditation or journaling. I don't know. Whatever it is that you start to do, you start to unravel all of these little micro traumas that built up and they're there and they cause dysfunction and they cause definitely emotional instability in my opinion like you're just not really able to regulate and maneuver in the world like you would be if you incorporated some of these practices you agree yeah yeah absolutely and i i completely forgot about being molested until i was just a few years ago i it was so deep in my subconscious that I completely forgot about it. It came up twice. It came up once during the plant medicine experience with mushrooms, and I was unwilling to look at it. I was unwilling to face it. It came up, and I shut it down. I shut it down. Mm-hmm. And um, then a few years ago, when I moved out to, to Florida, actually, I started doing a lot of fasting. I was taking the symbiotica supplements and doing four- to five-day fasts with just those. I was doing a lot of rape. I was also smoking a lot, so I was I was doing a lot of a lot of inner work, and what what came up was that trauma. When I started to get more into the tissues, I was getting a lot of body work at that time as well, and the the, the term your issues are in your tissues. It's it's very uh, it's very true, and I've experienced that. I've experienced getting body work on my abdomen and just completely start sobbing in tears for no reason, you know, for no reason at all. Um, so yeah, the trauma is definitely stored in the tissues and whenever it's very traumatic, your, your, your mind doesn't want to remember it. It doesn't want to remember it, but it's also going to store that. So if it happens again, it, it makes you dysregulated. It, it, is observing the environment for something like that to keep you safe. Because ultimately, what does your ego want you to do, want to do for you? It wants to keep you safe. So what it's going to do is it's going to scan the outer environment. And whenever something like that comes up that could be a potential threat, it's going to push you into a dysregulated state. So whenever you get molested when you're younger, especially, 
I mean, what happened to me, it, it wasn't really that big of a deal, you know, like, but how I, how I handled it emotionally, like being so sensitive, it was a big deal. Trauma isn't what happens. It's how you, how you respond to what happened, you know? So someone who like gets raped or gets molested, like very, very violently when they're younger, what does that teach them? It teaches them teaches them to not feel safe around men, not feel safe around anyone, you know, and then you're constantly in a dysregulated state and that causes anxiety, depression, loneliness, all of this stuff. So yeah, it goes, it goes very, very deep and it all, it all stems from just being able to regulate yourself. Being able to regulate yourself is one of the most important things, especially nowadays. And that's why I'm so passionate about breathwork because breathwork is from my experience, the most powerful way to regulate your nervous system in, in stressful times. Yeah. And actually to touch on the bodywork portion, I won't name any names, but we were just all out at the beach for Cole's birthday and hanging out. And this like story came up of, I think it was like an ex military guy and he was doing a lot of yoga and getting some body work done. And he was literally up at the facility threatening uh, the bodywork practitioner saying that he put a hex on. And I was like, that sounds like somebody with deep emotional issues that moved some shit around that they weren't ready to process. So sometimes as simple as a good bodywork practitioner can actually move around a lot of shit that you store, especially if you did some, you know, military is like a whole nother level. Almost everybody gets emotionally broke down to some capacity in boot camp. And then if they go overseas, they're even more fucked for sure. And then we don't really reintegrate them, at least not properly, in my opinion. And something as simple as a good bodywork practitioner to move around a little something, you'd think that they literally put a fucking black magic spell on you. Yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why it's very very important to make sure you feel safe with your bodyworker because bodywork can be it can be intense. It can be very intense. Maybe you'll scream. Maybe you'll cry. Maybe. Maybe because they're touching you, you know, they're touching you. And, and maybe like if you've had a trauma in the past, you might view it as traumatic, you know, so you really have to make sure you connect in your, you, you feel grounded, you feel safe. And, and the practitioner also knows um, that there can be potential somatic release that happens going deeper than just like the body work, you know, going into the emotional work that can happen as well. And is that, is that practitioner able to hold the space for you when something like that comes up? I'm just going to give a quick shout out. Uh, Suzanne from, from Kodawari, she used to give massages at, at uh, Kodawari, Suzanne. She was b like the best body worker that I've ever worked with. I mean, she helped me so much with my diaphragm and my, my, my sacral plexus because I herniated two discs in my lower back and there's been a lot of trauma that's been stored within my abdomen and a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of not feeling confident and just a lot of dysregulation. So she was absolutely amazing in holding the space for when the tears and everything came up and and was a, a big part of my life and in helping me express my emotions and feeling free in expressing my emotions. Yeah, you make me want to try her out. You know, I always like Lisa, who does the breath work and comes to my retreats. Where is Suzanne now? 
I don't I don't believe she works at any studios anymore. She's only private from from what I know. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I haven't talked to her in a while. Yeah, I mean, I could easily get in contact with her obviously, so maybe I'll have to have to check her out and switch it up because I'm always liking the bodywork practitioners. Lisa's always great and I know how well she holds space just from doing so many decades of breath work, so anything that comes up is good. And touching on that, you know what uh, is a cool-ass idea that I heard from Ben Greenfield that I haven't tried out is when he's getting breath work done from his lady, obviously he super trusts her, she comes to his house, he has a voice recorder where he, rec- he just he spews out every single thing that's coming to his mind so that it's not just moving around and kind of being stored, and then he can come back to it later and re-listen when he's not in that experience because obviously you can't really like journal or whatever while you're getting body work done. You're moving all sorts of ways. And uh, that might be a good idea for some people if they're, if they have a deep uh, kind of body work practitioner that's that they can trust and that they're comfortable like spewing out all these random emotions into a voice recorder and then going back and process that later. That's like a mental note that I took from one of his podcasts that I want to try out in the future. Yeah. And what you're doing as well is you're opening your channel up. You're opening up your meridian system when you're doing body or when you're doing breath work. You're allowing your intuition, you're allowing God's source to flow through you a lot more. And that's when all of those insights come in. You know, you ever you ever be in a breath work journey and you're you're doing your breath work and so many downloads, so many insights are coming and then you just forget them all <laughs> or the majority of them. You know, and, and that's pretty cool that he's doing that. He's he's speaking it into a voice recording and uh, processing it afterwards because things can come in when you when you get opened up during breath work, things can come in so fast. Things can come in very, very fast, like downloads and thoughts and intuitive guidance and stuff like that. And yeah, you can't write it down and the majority of the time you don't you don't mentally remember it at all. But I believe the stuff that you should remember and it's meant for you to remember, you will remember. Yeah. Actually, no, he's actually doing that during his body work, his massage. Oh, not breath work. But either way, okay. it would, but then I don't know if you could do it during breath work because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're literally focused on the breath, but that yeah. might be something that if something popped up, you could take a quick intermission, talk into the recorder, go back into the breath. Mm-hmm. Cause it's really not going to kill you to take a couple breaths off, say something in a recorder, and you'll dive right back in easy in my experience because every once in a while you do feel like taking a break or slowing down anyways because it gets a little intense. And you are right. I mean, your mind is going everywhere during breath work. We'll get into that a little bit later about how that looks, but you definitely lose some of the aspects of it because you're almost in a psychedelic experience in my opinion. And I and I felt, I feel almost similar after I do a breathwork session for the next couple of days as if I did do a plant medicine ceremony. So it's, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has a very powerful effect. And breathwork was actually the most powerful experience I've ever had, regardless of any plant medicine experience. So mm-hmm. there's definitely, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm not doing any plant medicines. I'm not microdosing. I'm just going full breathwork, meditation, healthy, holistic lifestyle, just like that. And just allowing what comes through to come through and not using anything external because you can get lost in the external, you know, you can get lost in the substances as well. Yeah, that is very true. Before we get into all your breathwork training, what like, uh, well, you kind of touched on some like 
health issues. Because when I met you in Tampa, you were literally in my wife's or maybe my wife and I came to a class. I believe it was actually cold teaching. And you just laid face down in the hot yoga class the entire time. I was kind of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, I mean, whatever, it's your practice, brother. But I was like, he didn't do anything. He, did, he never made it from never made it from the floor. He just kind of, he's getting some infrared treatment. So what was like that period like and what were them like chronic issues? Did you ever get like a diagnosis or did you kind of just figure it out yourself? Talk, talk about being in a dysregulated state, right? <laughs> just needing, needing to go into yoga classes and just lie down the whole time. So, yeah, I never got diagnosed with anything. I mean, I had depression, anxiety. I had really, really bad suicidal thoughts growing up. I never attempted to commit suicide, but I had really bad suicidal thoughts. Yeah, I was never diagnosed really with anything other than depression, anxiety, and yeah, I just, I intuitively, I knew, you know, this was the whole, this whole experience for me, the whole healing journey, it's been a big intuitive experience, connecting to my body and allowing my body to speak, allowing my intuition to speak and allowing it to guide the way. And my intuition, my body was telling me, bro, you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> you know, like you've been really dysregulated, taking steroids, 230 pounds, now doing all these plant medicines, smoking, smoking. I was smoking weed pretty much every day and doing rape every day, very, very intentionally in a very ceremonial way, going deep within myself and, and really stretching for an hour or two afterwards to integrate. But that's very dysregulating on the body, extremely dysregulating, especially when you're living in downtown Tampa and you're not grounding every single day and getting out in the sun every day. It can be a lot. So I just, I just needed to go in there and take a little nap. Yeah, I get it. And I, I really have some uh, potent experiences from Rape too. But if I do it like more than maybe like two days in a row, I, I might not touch it for like a month or two. And uh, so there's been three, four months where I haven't touched it, especially because of me trying to regulate myself as well. I think it can be potent, but I think people also fall into an addictive pattern with that because I mean, nicotine's one thing. I do use that daily, but like a rape experience is powerful. Like emotionally, it's going up the nasal cavity. I mean, it, it's it's very interesting how it is almost a ceremony in and of itself. But some people start to do that two, three times a day, and I'm like, that is way too much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It can be very intense. Every experience I had, I was always nervous before because. Uh -huh. It was always very intense and always brought up. It helps me with my anxiety. It really helps me clear the anxiety that I had trapped within me because it brought it up. It brought it up in the Rape experience and I had to learn to sit with it. And it was one of the hardest experiences that I've had is sitting in that Rape experience, having just the, the worst anxiety ever, feeling like you're trapped in this just like endless like box and you can never get out of it you know um yeah it was really hard and it, but ultimately it helped me process through that and then whenever it was time for me to stop my body let me know my body my body told me there's nowhere to really go once you hit that first nostril the rape whatever's coming up right there like you can't go anywhere but inside it's uh people think it's all fun and games because they might have snorted something at a party but you do that rape and it's powerful and you're nowhere but right there 
and mm-hmm. it's 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 super intense. And some of them are even I use a grounding rabe, but some people have these more like high high like hyper kind of speed you know upper rabe's, and those definitely I never use those. I only use the grounding ones. Yeah, yeah, I only use the grounding ones as well. I, I didn't need <laughs> I didn't need any more upper. I needed downer. I needed yeah. downer. Yeah. And it's all kind of an upper for a split second, but if you have the more feminine ones, you'll you'll notice you ground really quick after after the initial surge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was one of my favorite things to do is take some rape and then get into some really deep yoga postures and just hold those yoga postures, hold pigeons pose, and for five to ten minutes straight on one side. And a lot of stress, a lot of trauma was cleared from doing that as well. Yeah, that's amazing. So what did you do? It sounds like you did a lot of fasting and you took a lot of these Symbiotica products. I've never actually talked about Symbioticas on the show. What all were you taking from there? I feel like you were taking the whole line, but <laughs> yeah. what what did those do for you? It helped me with the... De- I was still experiencing depression before I started taking them. Still experiencing some anxiety. It helped me with everything. It, it helps me feel really, really happy. It helped me get over the depression. It helps me get over the anxiety. And it really helped clear my tissues out because I was trying. I was I knew I had a lot of trauma in my body from from bodybuilding. But in, in, in the past, I, I went vegan. I would try to fast, but I just couldn't do it. And what ultimately came to me is I was demineralized. I was really demineralized and then I was fasting and it was just making things worse. So what the symbiotica did was it really helped me get remineralized again. So I was able to do these deeper fasts and it actually got into the cells, it got into the tissues. And I was taking binders, I was taking charcoal, I was taking sulforaphane, stuff like that and helping cleanse out, detox all the steroids, all the inflammation. I held on to a lot of inflammation within my body. And there's two experiences that have had massive, massive impacts on my health. The first one was when I started taking Symbiotica. And the second one was the cavitations. The cavitations absolutely changed everything for me. And I don't know if people know. So a bone cavitation is an, un, or is an unhealed uh, infection site in the jawbone. Correct, Matt? Yeah, it's basically... There's a periodontal ligament that a holistic dentist, a really, really good holistic dentist, not one that just puts holistic on the sign out front but and doesn't use fluoride, but like a really, really good holistic dentist, if they pull a tooth, there's a ligament in there, you know, this is my very novice understanding, that needs to be cut or they do something with this ligament so that these cavitations can't form. But, you know... We, no one knew this when we were younger and we all got our wisdom teeth out, right? And w- when you get your wisdom teeth out from a regular, just plain old dentist, which, you know, 99% of the people are going to, they just pull the tooth and just sew it up. And you don't realize that if, like, I think if you have a regular pulled tooth, I think the statistic is like 85 or 90 percent chance of getting a cavitation it's not small it's like a very very high percentage chance that you will have a cavitation where that regular dentist pulled your tooth and then what happens is like mold and different uh, bacteria and things can kind of harbor in there and your immune system can't get to it 
And since your immune system kind of knows it's there but can't get to it, it kind of causes overall system dysfunction. So if you got autoimmune condition or any kind of chronic illness like myself, you kind of have a tough time detoxing and getting better while the pockets are still in there. And I had one, I had all four right where, where my uh, wisdom teeth were pulled. I had four cavitations. Um, my wife just this year, she got five or four cavitations and then another fifth infection uh, cleared out and a tooth pulled this year as well. And she felt a lot better. So what was your experience healing from that? Yeah. So I had four, I had four cavitations and one root canal as well. And I actually had a fifth, I had a, a tooth pulled when I was younger, but they checked that and that site miraculously wasn't infected. So I had four infections, each wisdom tooth was infected and then the root canal. And yeah, I got that, that taken out and I woke up from the experience. I got home and I realized, cause I was having heart, I was having heart problems. I was having like almost like a double heartbeat. It felt like, and I felt like there was a lot of stress, a lot of, a lot of tension around my heart. And then I, I came back home from the, the, the surgery and I realized, wow, I feel, I feel like I'm like almost like high, like I'm really relaxed. And I was thinking, okay, it's maybe from the anesthesia. I got knocked out. But then that, that the next day, I still felt it. The day after that, I still felt that. And brain fog went away. My energy levels were a lot better. I felt a lot more grounded, a lot more relaxed. And my heart just felt so much more open. My heart felt like it finally just feel like it was safe. And w one of the reasons why the, the heart was impacted so much is because we have different meridian channels, right? And our wisdom teeth are on the meridian channel of our heart. So if we have infections in our wisdom teeth, those infections, they're going right to the channel of our, of our heart. And, and like you said, I mean, I, I think it's almost impossible to heal. I don't want to say impossible because nothing's po impossible, like with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, you have infections in your mouth and you're constantly swallowing that. And where is that going? It's going straight to your gut. And that is just causing so many problems. And after that experience as well, I lost probably five or 10 pounds. My skin looked way better. Just overall, it, it was a, a massive, massive experience for me. That's amazing. And it's it's uh, funny you said the heart thing because there, when I went to see the foot whisperer, the reflexology guy I was telling you about, he told me I was having like skipped heartbeat, like arrhythmias, right? And this is before I knew anything about cavitations. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I wonder what, what that could be. And then there was a few times where my heart like had pain and I've never had that before. And I was young. I was like just over 30. I was like, am I like this healthy, like eating paleo type of guy? Like, am I having a heart attack? Like my heart, it hurt so bad. And I was like, didn't feel I like I felt like I was going to pass out a couple times. And that probably happened. I don't even know, 15, 20 times. I got them cavitations removed and I have literally never had a pain in my heart again. So for people that think that your dental infections aren't one of the biggest impacts on your health, then I mean, I'm going to do a whole show on those for sure uh, in the future.
Yeah, it all goes downstream. So mm. any any infections, especially right here, so close to your brain, uh, it, yeah, it all goes downstream. And one of the reasons why I believe it impacts the heart so much is because the heart, it's, it's very stressful to the heart. It's very stressful to the heart to always have, to always be fighting off an infection, to always have these potential mold, parasites, all of this stuff coming down and it's pumping it and then spreading it through its body and all that stuff is getting in the heart. You know, it's really, really a mess. Yeah, and the root canals are another thing. Um, super funny is like the, that um, my Lyme doctor was on that documentary, Dr. Minkoff, uh, The Root Cause. And it was all about, I don't know if you ever watched that before you got your uh, root canal taken out, but they took that thing off Netflix. They didn't want any, like, you know how many people fucking have root canals, bro? Like, they they give you those things like like nothing. Like, oh, you should just, we shouldn't pull it out. Let's give you a root canal. And then that documentary comes out and it, like, blows up. And they took that fucking thing off Netflix so fast. You got to go pay or stream it or whatever now. Yeah, I actually watched the root cause in my dentist office. Uh, oh yeah, he plays it. You went to the same. Yeah. You went to uh, Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. yeah, and they play mm-hmm. it right, right in the front while you're waiting in the waiting room. Yeah, yeah, and just real quick for everyone in Tampa, uh, Matt and I, we went to Your Desired Smile, Doctor Luis Alicia, and I had a, I had a great experience. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're looking into, maybe you feel like you have potential infections, and even if you've had wisdom teeth or any teeth pulled or a root canal. I would highly recommend just going to get a scan done. So you get a cone beam scan. At, it's like 100 bucks, 150 bucks, and it'll show you if you have infections. And I, I highly recommend getting that done because it was one of it was one of the most impactful things I've done for my for my health and my life. Absolutely, and you and uh, if you're not in Tampa, you can go on the website I A O M T. It's like International Academy of like Medicine and Toxicology or something like that. I can't remember the exact what it stands for, but it is a you can look up a dentist near you on the IAOMT website. And usually all of them have been trained in how to read these cone beam scans, because if you went to your regular doctor or dentist office, they're not going to know. They're not even going to have a cone beam machine there. Yeah. That's amazing. And so what all of the products um, from Symbiotica were you taking to help, you know, I know you were like on the Sheila G, which a lot of people use for detox and energy and mental clarities. That shit actually really works. I'm going to do a whole show on Sheila G too. What else were you on? Yeah, so I was pretty much on all, on all their products. I was taking their vitamin B12, B6, their vitamin D3, K2, their omega, the vitamin C, the mushrooms, the Sheila Jeet. I was taking their sulforaphane at the time, which is now Super Greens. Uh, the magnesium L-threonate. I was on their activated charcoal. I was taking their elderberry. And I mean, just that was during the time frame of when I was fasting a lot and doing all that. Now they've came out with a lot more products. And now I really like their probiotic. Their probiotic is great. The the super greens is great. The plant protein, the the magnesium L three and eight. The Para X is is my favorite product. I've only taken it for a month with them so far because it's been sold out. But the Para X, it's it's it helps neutralize parasites and harmful gut bacteria. And 
I'll tell you what, the experience I had with Para-X over the, the month that I took it was like a spiritual psychedelic experience in itself. And those, those parasites coming up, as you've talked about in previous podcasts, there's a lot of emotion behind them. There's a lot of stuff that can come up. So, yeah, the just pretty much all their products I take. Their zinc product is very, very good. Um, their, their new inf- inflammation product is awesome. It really helped, as I told you a few days ago, it really helped with my infection sites where my cavitations were because there's still a little bit of inflammation from from where they've been healing. And the, the inflammatory product that they came out with was is, is really, really good. So I recommend all of them. It's Symbiotica, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. And if you do, uh, if you order five at a time, five or more, you can get 30% off. They are expensive, but by far the best quality. I've been in the supplement game for 10 years now. And there's a reason I've been with them for two and a half years and I haven't switched over because they're, they're next level. And I'm friends with the founder. I'm friends with Cher Bean, So that, that helps a lot too. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anybody who dislikes their products. You definitely pay what you get for and. I mean, all the products that I usually recommend are a little bit more pricey, but you can go into Walmart and buy some magnesium and there's not even any magnesium in there or it doesn't get absorbed. And There's always cheaper stuff on the market, but nine times out of the 10, you know, they haven't done any scientific research or testing or you just don't even know what's in the bottle. So you're, would you rather just waste money on a product or just spend money and know what you're getting? I mean, I, I mean, I, I prefer to, <laughs> to know what's in the bottle. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I could I could drive 20 minutes over to your place right now and we could make a supplement and start selling it, couldn't we? Yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know, maybe, potentially. I mean, I have fucking, you could just order some shit like online, like from some pharma company or whatever and kind of like bottle it up and start selling it. That's not really FDA regulated. We could throw a bunch of B vitamins in something, but... They could be the wrong forms. They could not have the cofactors to be absorbed well. So, I mean, damn near anybody could make a supplement. It's not like it's uh, a pharmaceutical where it's had studies and been regulated. Yeah, and where Symbiotic is really next level is their research and development. They put millions of dollars into their research and development and making they make sure that their ratios are on point. Uh, you talked a little bit about mineral deficiency and having specific ratios in the body that's very very important within the body but also within supplements because if there's a ratio that is off it's going to impact how you absorb it and how how uh, the the nutrients get into your body yes it's it's really interesting how deep in the weeds you can get with especially like you know magnesium is more absorbed if you use different forms of magnesium and then it's even more absorbed if you put like vitamin b6 in there so it's like there's so much that goes into a supplement instead of just buying like you know some magnesium supplement there's like there's a lot of detail that goes into whether it's even going to work or if you're just going to be throwing money out the window yeah absolutely all right man so let's kind of move forward i know you've kind of been gypsy bouncing around lately what what have you learned in kind of like your travels back and forth you've, you've lived in like 10 places in the past since i've known you and i've, I've barely yeah. even known you a couple of years yeah yeah man i um i've been all over the place and 
And if, if you guys don't know, my stress response is obviously flight. I like to run. I like to, to move. Um, yeah, so just, just to kind of backtrack a little bit. So I was in a 10-month relationship. And during that relationship, it was a very, um, uh, it was a very, it was a very beautiful relationship. There was a lot of love involved and, and we were facilitating breath work together and, and everything was beautiful, but it was also very dysregulating. And a lot of our personal traumas came up and it led to a lot of stress, a lot of tension between us. And for 10 months, my nervous system, and I imagine her nervous system as well, was very programmed to stress very very stressed out and then uh in december we we decided to part ways and after that i was not really doing the best financially i completely stopped trading which was my main source of income and i lost a lot of money a few years back so i was really not in the best place uh, and I was, I was, we were also living together and it was her place. So I had to find a place to stay and I just got into an extreme stress response. And like I said, my stress response is flight, right? I like to run. So what did I do? I moved, I moved to Austin and I was in Austin for a while. I was in Cali for a while. Then I went back to Austin. Then I went back to Tampa. Then I went back to Austin and now I'm back in Florida. So, um, yeah, during that experience, what I learned is to not run from the heavy emotions, not run from the stress, not run from the heartache. And why I've always been very, very called to Austin. And in the last, and this, this goes back to, to getting my, my power taken away. I, one of the reasons why I wanted to move to Austin was because I put these people on social media, on Instagram, on a pedestal, right? I put them on a pedestal and I'm like, oh shit, like they got hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, like they're in the, in the work, like they're deep in it. And I went out to Austin and I, I realized like, this isn't, I, I've given my power away to this. And this isn't to talk bad on anyone. Everyone is on their own journey, but it was people that I didn't really necessarily want to look up to. I didn't aspire to be like, and within the last six weeks, I realized that it was a real dark night of the soul. I, I called one of my good friends, just absolutely sobbing the deepest emotional trauma. And what that trauma was, was me giving my power away. I was giving my power away to these people on social media and buying into the fluff, buying into a lot of it was fake, you know, a lot of it was fake and I was, I was getting faced with that. And then I went to a retreat. I went to an event out in Austin as well with a very, a very well-known influencer and very deep in this work. And I just didn't, I didn't really resonate and I didn't, I didn't feel called to stay in Austin anymore. I set some really strong intentions. And my intentions were to gain clarity on my life because I was in a turning point. I was in a big shifting point and I set the intention to gain clarity on my life and to also trust my feelings. And the clarity was go back to Tampa and leave this event right now. So I stayed in the morning session. I stayed for that session and then I left and then I had a lot of stuff happen. Just kind of synchronistically God talking to me through people. 
that was like, all right, it's time to go back to Tampa. Let's go. So here I am. I'm back. And yeah, ultimately, it's just being in that flight response, being in that response of having a dysregulated nervous system, you know, like even the trauma from when I was younger from being molested, it's still been reenacted into this present moment. You know, I, I still have been giving my power away to people. I still have been allowing other people to tell me how to feel, other people how to think. And I, I learned that lesson in the last month. So ultimately what I want people to, to know is you are so powerful. You are so powerful. You can do anything you set your mind to, but it's putting in the effort, putting in the energy every single day to tap into that power. Tapping into that power, it takes work, but it's, it's so worth it once you do. And, and you're worthy of tapping into that power. I'm literally so fucking glad you just like I was hoping you were going to say a lot of that and I didn't know if that's how you felt but I had these same exact thoughts about because I know a couple people in the in crowd been on Luke Story's podcast and hang out with some of Aubrey's friends and I we used to have these thoughts about moving to Austin right and then we never pulled the trigger and I think we were in that same exact type of thought process like like we needed them to lean on to put us into an in crowd to prove ourselves. And then from there we would have mentors and kind of facilitate this thing. And now I look at it like, wow, you were, we were doing the same thing, seeing the social media, seeing the followers, seeing how their podcast was. And then now like we're over here kind of pioneering the movement in Tampa with the retreats with like, no one even knows what combo is really like, it's going to be so much more beautiful to build and create over here instead of going over there and just getting introduced to an in crowd and kind of just being another uh, guy who's trying to fit in in Austin. And I, I really, really agree with the fact that what, what we would have done right there is not lay the groundwork and how much powerful that feels to build it yourself here. And just to give our power away, just to go be in with an in crowd and be, three steps removed away from Aubrey Marcus and hopefully I'll, I'll meet him one day and we'll get over there. And, and it's just really not all it's cracked up to be and building something your way, the way you want to in your fashion, instead of going over there and molding and just trying to fit in with everybody is way more powerful and way more beautiful and will be way more respected anyways. Yeah, absolutely. It's Austin's very well established. It's very well established and it is more of a fitting in rather than, than standing out. It's more of a fitting in and here, which is so beautiful. And this is a big reason as to why I came back to Tampa is because we're, we're at the foundation. We get to choose, we get to create what we want to build out here. And that's, that's a very, uh, it's a very inspiring thing to be able to create something beautiful out here and what i've noticed about austin is it's very very third eye very crown based you know people austin is known for being very very big into plant medicine psychedelics there's a lot of research coming out there's a lot of clinics in austin that are leading people through ketamine through mushrooms all of this stuff and it's it's very it's 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 very it's a very um I went through this. 
I went through this experience two years ago where I was using a lot of plant medicine, you know, and I was relying on the plant medicine. And I feel there, there are maybe a lot of people in Austin that are relying on the plant medicine. Their third eye, their crown is very blasted open. But what about the root? What about grounding that energy into your body? You know, being connected to the heavens and also being open enough, being relaxed enough in your body to be able to channel that through you. That's what I want to do. That's what my mission is. That's that's true ultimate power. Being connected to the heavens and being connected to your heart and then spreading it with everyone around you. And I feel like Tampa is the best place to do that for me right now. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And it also gives power to like creativity, right? Like the stuff that we're on, we're, no one's really doing. So it's all new to this community. There are some people who've been in the game for a while, like someone like Elisa Jamison, really a pioneer, right? Like breath work and sound healing for like decades, kind of insane. But she's just a nonstop learner, has no children, like no significant other. She's just always learning, getting certification. So she's like a different beast. But it just allows us more flow, I feel like, and more possibility to just do whatever the hell we want instead of looking up to these other people and trying to mimic what they're doing and jumping on, you know, jumping on their wave when you can just create your own right here where you're at. And Tampa and St. Pete is like kind of like living in two cities as well. When you live in one or the other, it's absolutely amazing. And honestly, it's just a captivating city. It's absolutely fucking beautiful. And I think I can just build right here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great place to be. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's like people have money to spend here. People are shifting slowly, but it's it's cool. To, it's like it's almost more impactful to help the people who don't know shit about what we're kind of doing instead of going to Austin where everybody's already done 57 ayahuasca ceremonies. Everyone's got a podcast like everyone's already got shit going on and you're not really doing anything new. Here we're kind of like, hey, let me let me bring you over into the into this ecstatic dance. Let me bring you over into this cacao ceremony, and it, it is it is really growing. I've been down here since 2017, and I felt like I was always so far ahead of the curve. That wasn't was kind of a reason that I almost jumped ship because like five or six years ago, I felt like the stuff that I knew and that I was teaching Cole and she was learning wasn't really being accepted, and I was kind of like is Tampa all just like ego money based because we got mansions on the water and shit like that? Or are we ever going to like find our tribe? And it's actually evolved and it's evolving really, really well. And people are kind of open to these new experiences. So I'm super glad we never jumped ship. Yeah, it's evolving very fast. And I've lived in quite a few different places. And I will say Tampa, the Tampa St. Pete, especially Tampa has the biggest yoga community that I have ever seen in all the places that I've lived. And within the yoga community, there's a lot of, of growth for potential, you know, because these people are maybe introduced to breath work, introduced to psychedelics. These, these people are very, a lot more open, you know. So the yoga community is huge out here, and there's a lot of potential for expansion. It is actually, to think about it now that you say that, there's so many dope yoga studios within uh tampa there there's some great ones and then even in saint pete there's a bunch of dope ass ones too like there definitely is a yoga community and then now all of them people are listening to podcasts or doing whatever research and they are starting to be more open to the other experiences that 
help facilitate growth and emotional, like, you know, like the breath work, like the stuff we do at our retreats. So really, really interesting. It's been awesome to kind of stay. And I guess maybe just our intuition kept us here or maybe finances, whatever it may be, but I'm glad we stayed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And something that I would really love to get into a little bit is the masculine and the feminine dynamics. I had that in my notes. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, so the masculine and feminine dynamics. I grew up in a very, very masculine but almost unregulated toxic masculine um, environment. And I was always doing. I was always doing. I was always playing a bunch of sports. I was always exerting myself, you know, and then I got into bodybuilding and I, same thing, all in bodybuilding, a lot of contracting my muscles, a lot of generating heat within my body, a lot of, a lot of doing, a lot of logical thinking. And during that experience, I, I had also an an injury on my right shoulder And just so people know, your right side is masculine, your left side is feminine. And that caused a lot of imbalance within my body. And whenever I got out of the bodybuilding at 20 years old, I experienced a lot of masculinity, a lot of fire, a lot of doing, and not a lot of being. Not a lot of being in my body, more so being in my head. So when I started doing all of this fasting and doing all of this yoga and stuff like that, what I started to do was I was unconsciously starting to tap more into my feminine aspects. And and my whole right side of my body has been very misaligned. That right shoulder injury really messed my right side of my entire alignment up. And that caused me to, to have more of a stressed out masculine side and I wasn't able to surrender into my feminine because what is the feminine? The feminine is receptive. The feminine is receiving. And what happened when I was younger, when I was receiving, I was molested, you know, so it it all ties in together. I didn't, I, I, I didn't feel safe to be in my feminine, to be open to receiving because what happens when that when I am that way is I get molested. I get, quote unquote, in my mind, manipulated, you know. So it's been a journey of getting back into the feminine and allowing me to really relax and feel safe in my body. And how do you do that? So the fastest way to balance yourself out, from my experience, if you're on one end of the pendulum, You're on the super masculine end of the pendulum, and then you have the super feminine end of the pendulum, and the balance is right here. If you are over here on the super, super masculine side, the easiest way to balance yourself out is to go over to the feminine. So go all the way over to the feminine, and then slowly your your body, your mind will start making its way back to balance, right? And then you have to have the, the understanding, the understanding that you are in an extreme, right? You're in an extreme. And what do extremes do? Ultimately, extremes bring balance, but they are not meant to be stayed in forever. So that's what I've done. I've gone in deep into the feminine and I've just done a lot of sleeping in yoga classes, a lot a lot of breath work, a lot of fasting. A lot, I, I'm, I'm more so like vegetarian right now, eating fruits, 
doing more cooling stuff. I'm not working out at all right now. I'm I'm not um, I'm not causing a lot of heat. I'm not really going in the sauna because that stresses my body out too much. It's too much for my nervous system right now. And instead of I, I get much more benefit from doing a meditation and a yin yoga class than going to the gym and and stressing my muscles and contracting and flexing because I was stuck in that state for so long and I need to retrain my body now. I need to retrain my body how to relax because there's still a lot of muscle tissue that is tense. There's still a lot of tension in my body from five years of of working out all the time. You know, so you have to you have to relearn how to relax and how to how to feel a little bit more fluid in your body. So it's learning how to balance those two things together, you know, and, and just so people know masculine, it's more hot, more logical, more doing, more asserting yourself. And then uh, feminine is just more flowy, more resting, connected to your body, not as connected to your head. And we need both. We both we have both masculine and feminine dynamics and learning how to balance both of them can really lead to a better, healthier, happier life, ultimately. Yeah, I actually, you know, I talk about my Lyme disease in like every podcast, but it's going to end up being such my biggest blessing once I'm finally all the way through it. And I'm so close because I... I had to make all these shifts that you're talking about, right? Just, I couldn't, I, even when I was like always drinking all the time and doing drugs, like I would literally just wake up and go to the gym still. I would still go in the, in the sweat lodge to sweat out all the booze and everything. And, you know, was just really driven, like working out with my therapy, really looking back on it. That's how I got through all the childhood traumas of growing up without a father and all the things and not really uh, getting much emotion in the household. But once I got so sick, the only thing I could really do was a yoga class. I couldn't really live. Like if I, I would force myself to go to the gym and I go like three or four days in a row and then I just be like, like just burnt out. Like my, my body couldn't keep up with it. And so I like lost a lot of muscle and just didn't, you know, all the things that used to validate me, right? Like looking good, you know, having some muscle, being masculine. And I just couldn't keep up with that. I just could only really do yoga. I could, my meditation sucked because my brain fog was there so bad, but I still would do it. And these like grounding practices were, were all I had. That, that was it. And so not only did it shift me to sobriety because I couldn't no longer tolerate alcohol and shitty foods, I also no longer had my one form of therapy, my masculine style, you know, squats, deadlifts, bench presses, you know, how much can I lift? It was gone. It was stripped from me, stripped down to the bone. You know, I had pain everywhere and I actually needed yoga to not have so much joint pain. And especially like the infrared classes, they would kind of wipe me out a little bit. But like if I didn't go to them often, then I would have so much joint pain from the line and the mold that I, I literally could like not function. So I was like, I was forced to just keep going to yoga. And in that, I had to learn basically how to love my own self again, without all the tools that I used growing up for the first 30 years of my life, you know, and in that it, it was actually hard. It was depressing because I wanted to look good. I, I love, I do love lifting weights, but 
I've had to give myself so much grace and relearn and reprocess how to just love myself exactly how I am and exactly for what I'm capable of in the moment. And it was very, very feminine. It was softening, softening, right? Like, you know, you can easily love yourself when you when you're ripped out, you're huge, you're benching, you know, 300 pounds, easy to love yourself. You look good. You know, you look better, especially in America. You know, you look around and everyone's so out of shape. It's like, I'm fucking great, right? But when you can't do that and you have to learn new tools and new ways to go about your daily life, it just was a total reframe. And I had to really swing to that feminine just based off of necessity. And it was really, really fucking tough. But it did bring me back to that center where now I can work out and do yoga and do all the things and try to integrate both sides of myself. So for anyone who is really, really, I'm into like gender roles and being masculine and the woman being feminine and all the things. But you do need to tap into both sides. There is definitely benefits of bringing awareness to both and then integrating that in your daily lives. And that's a big part where I feel like a lot of um, relationships don't work. You know, like Cole and I have really kind of integrated. She, I would say, even has a little bit more of like a fiery, you know, Latina, Spanish kind of go getter, independent vibe and I think her going through like yoga training and doing a lot of yoga kind of helped her settle into more of like her feminine power and helping her like, you know, she, she likes to throw these retreats for all women and things like that. And I think we were both kind of just like, go get her fire, 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 party, workout, like, you know, just, just both hot all the time. And she got a little bit sick as well from her breast implants and everything. And I think it kind of allowed both of us to cool down. And now we both have a good blend, I think, of uh, that balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to bring some acknowledgement to you and you and Cole. You guys have really been through it, your journey together. And and yeah, you went through a huge healing journey together and you're you're back together better or together better than ever, running retreats and and yeah, so I just want to bring acknowledgement to that and, and say that's it's great to see that and I'm I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah, I always say, I think it's, I always quote Dr. Pompa because he's de- he's dealt with some of the most chronic illnesses. And he, I think the stat is like 95% or something he said of like relationships now make it through a chronic illness. So if you think of like both of us, you know, being addicted to partying and, you know, I got sober before she did because I got sick before she did. And, you know, her kind of still going out a little bit and me being at home and then like her getting sick and. Both of us are obviously emotionally dysregulated and figuring out how to find some balance within ourselves. And thank God for like people like Dr. Pompa and podcasts where you like you can kind of see people on the other side. And that's part of the reason why I do talk about it so much, because you can get to the other side. Things, you know, your body wants to heal and it might take years and it might take all your money and credit cards and, you know, loans from the bank like i did all that shit i still probably owe like six grand on a credit card from my lime stuff i don't want people to think like i'm out here just doing whatever i'm still paying a payment on a one credit card i paid off a lot of shit so far but i do have like six grand on a credit card still from the lime and i'm still buying devices to heal i just bought a pemf mat like i'm just you can go through it and you can get there and I like to show people that it, anything is possible. I think your body really is a healing organism given the right nutrients and tools. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, in, I'm in the same boat, you know. I, I spent so much money, credit cards. Like, I, I did a lot of that stuff as well, you know, getting on Symbiotic. I probably spent 
$20,000 plus on Symbiotica over the last two and a half years, you know? So yeah, healing, healing is expensive. It's very expensive, but it, you can either pay the supplement companies and the holistic health companies right now, or you can pay your doctor later on and, and really feel like shit in the process, you know? So it's, it's worth it. It's so worth it. And I just want to circle back a little bit to being able to work out and being all swole and jacked and, and saying it's easy to love yourself in that stage. What is that? It's, it's false love. It's, it's, a, it's an ego. It's building your identity around how you look, you know, because what happens when you do you lose that? There's maybe a lot of depression, shame, guilt, whatever, not confident. And, and that's what happened to me about three or four months ago, about three months ago, life just slapped me in the face. And I was like, wow, even with nothing, like even with just the clothes on my back, even just who I am, just me, I am enough. Like I am loved. I am worthy. I am enough. Just being me. And that's a message to everyone listening to this. Like, you are enough. You are worthy. You are loved regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the things that you've been through, regardless of the things that you've done. All that matters is you're here right now. You're alive. You are healthy. You're, you're here. You're here. What a beautiful thing it is to be alive, to experience this life experience. You know, it's, it's like, and, and we're so... We're so, a lot of us, we're so stressed out nowadays. We're always doing. You see people driving down the street, hauling ass, honking at each other, flipping each other off, you know, like constantly just going, going in a very high stress environment. What about remembering to be? What about remembering to just relax? What about remembering to just be grateful for the things around you, you know, and, and reflecting? making space to reflect on how far you've come, like how far you've come, Matt. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's just making time to really sit back and look and be like, wow, this is, this is where I'm at. And, and the journey, it's never ended. Like, that's the trip. That's what, that's what, <laughs> you know, like I, I thought, yeah, I'm a breathwork facilitator now. Like, I'm going to do all this healing and I'm going to get to a point where I don't just, I don't have any more healing to do and I'm going to be perfect and I'm going to be good. But the more healing you do, the more you experience because you're more, you're even more sensitive now. You're even more opened up. So you feel things even deeper now. So it's a double-edged sword, right? We have, we have balance in everything in life. We have polarity in everything. So if you want to experience heaven on earth, if you want to experience the highs of highs, you got to be willing to go through hell. You got to be willing to go through the lows. You got to be willing to go through the Lyme's disease, go through the 230 pounds, go through that dark night of the soul over and over again. If you really want to experience that. So you have to ask yourself, like, is, is this worth it? Is, is this worth it? And am I willing to go through this? And if you are, then you're, you're set up for a, a beautiful life, not an easy life, but a, a beautiful life. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's like, not even like, is it worth it? It's like, am I worth it? 
Mm. Are you worth it? You know, ask you, you know, journal tomorrow morning. I, am I worth it? Am, am I going to live? Because it's, it's really going through the chronic illness and becoming hyper aware. And I'm sure you probably think of this too. It's like, even when you see people who are like do yoga and shit, but they don't eat right and they don't take any supplements, you, you can kind of look at them and say, the, it's, it's coming one day. It's, it's really, it's, it's not here yet. You know, they didn't get bashed with it. They didn't thrash their bodies like we did and get it at a young age, but it's coming when they're 40 or they're 50 because they're not eating the right foods not or the right foods for their body, whatever that diet may look like. They're not figuring out minerals and, you know, the, the toxins in the environment is just so ubiquitous, and especially down here in Florida. The mold is like fucking insane. And so it's like it's coming. And a lot of times people don't even understand it. And I've learned this through health coaching some people and having some like intake calls about like, you know, even with combo, I like to do a pretty like, you know, I like to talk to people for a minute and kind of get where they're going and uh, what they're really even trying to experience it for. And if you're just trying to see what it's like, that's cool. But, you know, a lot of people are usually coming to something that extreme because of some issue, right? And a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm pretty okay. But then like you dig, right? You go, like, you know, how's your energy? How, how, how is your like memory and brain fog? Like how, how are your emotions? Like, do you get triggered really easily? How's your sleep? And then they start to just like pile it on you. It's like no one's ever asked them, right? They've gotten so used to this low level, like low energy state that they'll come directly and look you in the face and say, I'm pretty good and pretty normal. And then you start asking specific questions about joint pain and this and that. And they have every single one of it. And so that's how I know that like, they haven't really hit the wall, the crash and burn like we did, but it's on the way. You know, you keep you keep doing the shit you're doing. You're eating McDonald's or whatever, even if it's a couple times a week, it's it, it's creeping on you. And we just can't really allow our bodies like we, we we didn't have to used to be so hyper aware of everything because of how many toxins are just in the environment now. We're just so bombarded. I don't think we really would need supplements a hundred years ago. Maybe you know, a few people here and there have some issues, but it just wasn't as bad as it was. And, you know, we have the highest rates of like kids even having cancer. They have whole towns in Texas that are just designated to like these cancer facilities for kids. It's fucking insane. And so it's just, it's on the rise. And if people aren't aware of it and people really just think they can lollygag through life, it's, I promise you there will come a point, maybe not when you're 30, but maybe when you're 50 or 60, you'll start to really feel it. And how, in my opinion, if you're not healthy and you're just low-grade inflammation and brain fog, what you're not going to live a life full of purpose or passion. You're not going to still be, like, creative. You're just going to be like how I was a couple years ago like waking up like how the fuck am I going to get through the day how am I going to make some money to pay my bills and pay for these medical bills and they're so expensive that it, it, it's just I, I like to bring awareness to people on the preventative side like please don't wait until you get to where I was try to figure some of that stuff out get into some of the emotional work and really really try to become well-rounded because there are people who are 40, 50, 60, 70, if you like really listen to podcasts and in the health space, who are thriving, who are starting new businesses when they're 60, 70, like ones that they're passionate about. And 
that's like my goal overall, not just this like work 40 hours a week and try to like lounge on the couch for, you know, a couple of years until I get some disease or cancer and then just kick the bucket. Like I'm trying to thrive. And I don't know about you, but hopefully you're in that same category. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I've based my entire life around. I've based my entire life around human optimization, about being my absolute best. And I feel like as the years go on, I'm 26 years old now. I feel like I'm getting better, you know, and for a lot of people, it's the opposite. They get worse. But you even if you're in your 30s right now and you're just starting your journey, you can get better. You can look better at 35 or 40 than you did at 30. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it. And it doesn't matter how much you do yoga, how much you work out. If you're eating shitty food, if you're putting toxins into your body, it's, you can't, I don't believe you can outwork out a really bad diet because that, that food, what you're consuming, it's becoming your cells. Your body is absorbing all of that. It's getting into your brain, you know? So it's really important. Nutrition from what I'm realizing in the last few years is nutrition is absolutely crucial. You can be in shape. A lot of people can be in shape and not even really work out that much, but just eat a really, really good diet. And like Matt was saying, there's so many chemicals, there's so many toxins in the air, in the water, in the sky. They're spraying shit all over the sky. You know, our food has pesticides all over it. And we're consuming all of this. We're breathing all this in. We're drinking that water. We're bathing in that water. We're, we're eating the food that's that's filled with chemicals and we need to be able to detox we need to detox this stuff out of us because it it's impacting how we feel it's impacting how we how we think and ultimately that's going to be the determining case in how your health is as you as you get older and it's about taking a holistic approach it's about looking at all the all the the aspects of it you know like you have your diet Right. And then what about a routine, uh, a routine of getting up with the sun, grounding to the earth, barefoot, hugging a tree? And then what about some light movement, maybe just some body weight stuff, some squats and swings and push ups and things like that? And then your hydration, drinking good spring water or some some very high quality water and then eating a good diet. You know, it doesn't have to be a specific diet. It just has to be like an organic balanced diet it doesn't have to be extreme vegetarian extreme carnivore balance balance is what we're looking for and then going in a sauna three four or five times a week having having a vision having goals what are you working towards what are you trying to get out of your life observing who is surrounded by you who are you surrounded with who is in your close circle who are you sharing energy with we're always co-regulating with people and we're always feeling into people's nervous systems, right? So I heard this saying that your nervous system is a combination of the five people you hang around the most. So if you're hanging around five people who are stressed the fuck out, you're the sixth one. You know, if you're hanging around a bunch of broke people, like you're going to be broke as well. So surrounding yourself and listening to people who are like you want to be like, you know, like if you want to be like Matt, then listen to Matt. If you want to be like me, then listen to me. 
but it, don't don't take money advice or don't take health advice for someone who's overweight or for someone who's broke. You know, so it's really being mindful of your life in all aspects, not just health, not just detoxing, not just working out. Uh, it's taking a, a holistic approach with a W, a holistic, going from all sides of the equation, balancing everything out. And that's ultimately what's going to lead to a, a healthy, happy, purpose-driven life, you know, and I, I, I feel we're all worthy of that. I feel we all, the world would be such a better place if we were all in our purpose, if we were all happy, healthy, heart open, we connected community vibes, you know, rather than us fighting on Black Friday and all this shit, you know. Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. That's, that's my next piece because I've been kind of a lone ranger um, dealing with my chronic illness stuff. I just, you know, it felt actually like I didn't want to burden other people with it. Or honestly, I felt like I had to put on a mask that I felt okay to go out and hang out with people. So that's why I haven't really been at a lot of these three-day health events and things like that. And it's just like, yeah, I just didn't feel like it was worth it. And I was spending all my money on uh, Lyme disease protocols and different shit. But that's the next thing that I'm calling in because I think we have a kind of a little dope inner circle here that we can kind of connect with. And I'm going to once I get back from Costa Rica, I think we I talked to you about this before you moved back when you were moving to Austin, um, that I'm going to start doing like some some dinners over at the house, you know, smoke, smoke some stuff on the Traeger. Everyone bring a dish or I can cook it all. I don't care. I love to cook. But just having, you know, people like you and myself, you know, Biohack Sack, somebody, you know, people like within that realm that live around here that we can all kind of just connect and co-create. Cause I feel like we all are on like our own journey, but then sometimes we get kind of trapped in that and we could all actually probably work together to build, build something around here. So community is actually on my vision board on my, it's one of my biggest things that I'm calling in this year. And I want it to be, like you said, people energetically on the same level, not just friends that I know through the community, but I want them to be more high level, more high vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And and friends that inspire you and push you to, to be better. So if if you're in the Tampa St. Pete community and you wanna be a part of it, let's let's go. Like we're calling you in. If you're ready to really level up your life, if you're ready to be around people who are have have purpose, have a vision and wanna be the best human being, the the most optimized human being in all aspects. Let's let's go. We're, uh, we're yeah. calling you in. Let's do it. Yeah. I like that actually because I don't really know how many people are listening from Tampa. I can only get breakdowns on my show via like U.S., Canada, U.K. type of thing. Um, but yeah, if you are listening, man, DM one of us, and we're gonna be trying to do some more community style stuff moving forward. And if so, if you're into optimization and kind of the over overused term biohacking, whatever that looks like for you, and just 
eating healthy and just overall trying to like create something and have a vision. We'd, we'd love to have you around because that's the tribe we're trying to build here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool, man. Let's dive into the breath work. We've brought it up quite a bit. You've, we've covered a lot of my notes, but um, let's get into the breath work because that's going to be a big part of this show. Like what, what kind of sparked your interest in breath work? Like what did your first experience look like? You know, go into the nitty gritty of it. All right. So let's uh, switch gears over to breath work. Why don't you tell us why you decided to do breath work training or, or maybe even just go into like what your first breath work experience looked like? Yeah. So I've been doing breath work for about a year and a half now. And the first experience I had was with Lisa over there at Cocoon. And it was a very eye-opening experience. I had a, a very transformative session, and I realized, wow, I don't need psychedelics. I don't need weed. I was smoking a lot of weed at the time for stress and and just just a lot of stress, a lot of stress issues. And yeah, I had my first breathwork session, and it just completely blew my mind. And after that first session, I knew at some point I want to be a breathwork facilitator. I just had this intuitive hit. And then, yeah, I kept going through, going to breathwork classes every week and just starting to experience a little bit more. And then I listened to the podcast with uh, Aubrey Marcus and Lucas Mack, who is my my uh, trainer, who I got certified with. And... Yeah, the podcast just really, really resonated with me. I started doing their breath work a little bit. They had a virtual workshop like a month later, and I took their virtual workshop. And then they said that they're going to be doing a facilitator training. And it just it came to me that, yes, you're you're going to participate in that facilitator training. And uh, yeah, I just kept doing breath work and and. I do it every single day now. I took a nine-month trauma-informed breathwork certification with Awaken. It was a very, very impactful experience. I mean, it was absolutely mind-blowing, the stuff that we went into. And perfect timing, I attracted a romantic partner during that experience. So all the shadow work, all the stuff came up during that. And I really learned a lot about myself. And Going through the, the breathwork training and the relationship at the same time, it was one of the most impactful experiences I've ever had. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful for it. And I'm really, uh, it's, it's led me to a lot of realizations and it's taught me a lot of beautiful lessons. So yeah, breathwork, it's, it's the only, one of the only, I would actually say the only thing that has helped me relieve so much muscle tension from my body. I'm able to just take 10, 20, 30 breaths and I'm able to feel the tension, the inflammation from my body leave just from, just by breathing, just by breathing. And like I said, I was very stressed out. I was always dysregulated. So the breath, as I started to do more breath work, it, it allowed me to, or helped me become more connected to my breath. And the more connected to my breath I became, the more aware I became of how disconnected I was from it, how I wasn't breathing, how I was barely breathing at all. And what does not breathing lead to? It leads to anxiety. It leads to not oxygenating the body, not bringing energy into the body. And 
I, I started to just become more aware of my breath on a daily basis, sometimes driving down the street, just taking a bunch of deep breaths. And it was like, it was like there was a tight glove on my entire body. And every time I would do breath work, that glove would just get looser and looser. And, and now it's, it's completely changed since when I started. And that's, and, and, and it's also helped with relieving so much trauma from my body as well, helping me reprogram the subconscious mind. And yeah, it's been, it's been very impactful for me. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's actually one thing that I forget to bring up about how I dealt with a lot of things when I was super sick. And it was, wasn't necessarily like a hard breath work session, but it was just connecting to breath. Like I had so much anxiety and depression and I, I would, I would be really short tempered, but no one would really ever know because of how connected I was to breath. Cause like I could shift gears into being like real angry on the inside, but I knew if I just did some nice deep breaths for a moment that it would settle down. And so then I would actually not act on the anger because I knew it wasn't me. I just knew internally I was dysregulated. I was like, you know, I could in the moment from meditation and from being connected to my breath, I could tell that I was angry about something that I normally wouldn't be angry about. And that was actually very confusing and it made me, it made, made it hard to kind of trust my emotions, but I knew deep down that it was from whatever illness I was dealing with because I didn't normally, before I was super sick, wouldn't have gotten mad at something like that. So the breath allowed me to be a lot more self-aware in that moment. <clears throat> and then uh, from there, you know, it probably saved my relationship because I didn't act out when I was, you know, mad about little things around the house or whatever in my relationship because I knew that it, I wouldn't have been mad about it had I been regulated. And so the breath really is powerful, deep nasal breaths, some sighs, some relax. Just, I mean, it will calm you down and shift you very, very fast. So I'm glad you went through that training. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, as I talked about earlier, it's one of the best tools, if not the best tool that we have, especially in today's day and age is being connected to our breath because being connected to our breath, it, allows us to control to regulate our nervous system we're in stressful times right now and having a tool that is free that you can do anytime is really important and that's what the breath can can give you absolutely and so what did the whole training look like because i know a lot of people do kind of like some shorter weekend style training or other training but yours was nine months long i believe so what all was uh involved in that besides just a lot of breath work yeah so the first few modules was just breath work like code of ethics and activation breathing restorative breathing things like that and it was really a personal development journey it was going into shadow work. It was going into limiting beliefs, going through the masculine wound, the father wound, and how all of this stuff shows up within, within you. Because you ultimately can't truly hold space for someone unless you've processed, unless you've went through this on your, on your own. The more, the more deeper you go into your own psyche, the more, the more space you're able to hold for others and, and more authentic space as well. So it was just going into all sorts of different aspects, shadow work, inner child healing, 
going into potential entity releasement, energy clearing techniques, grounding techniques, journaling practices. It was just a whole self, uh, an inward journey. It was a breathwork journey, but more more so a self-development inward journey for, for nine months. That's amazing. And did it teach you to do more of the groups or kind of like the one-on-one session that we did the other day? Yeah. So personally, I enjoy one-on-one sessions a lot more just because we're able to go a lot deeper and we go into the person's background. Everyone, as we've talked about previously, everyone's childhood, everyone's background is showing up, is, is impacting how they're showing up today. So in the one-on-one private sessions, we're going through a very extensive questionnaire going over what was it like for you growing up, your relationship with your mother, your father, what did you struggle with, all of this stuff, because that is why you are who you are today. And in the group settings, we're not really able to do that. It's more so just showing people the the breathwork practice, or excuse me, the, the breathwork um formation routine the 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 breath work the the style you know showing people the style talking them through like what can potentially come up the tools that we use to clear energy to clear trauma and then getting into the the session the one-on-one sessions are a lot more intimate we're not going nearly as deep in group sessions group sessions can be a lot more a lot uh excuse me can be very powerful but the, the one-on-one sessions are a lot more powerful from my experience because we're actually talking about and vocalizing stuff that potentially happened in the past that may be impacting how you are today. And, and the act of talking about something as you experienced in your session, by talking about stuff, that can bring stuff up in your session. So there's a very important part in talking about things, but also actually physically somatically releasing stuff as well because we're a body mind system right it can't just be all breath work without mental processing we have to be able to mentally process stuff as well yeah absolutely and i i actually didn't realize how in-depth and everything it would be the questionnaire you sent over was very lengthy very in-depth about childhood what you're dealing with now you know surgeries you know medications like all of these things um that really really you know made you kind of go introspective and then you actually took time to go through each and every category with me and that was powerful it was like damn you're like an intake when you go see some kind of like health practitioner right and that was amazing so why don't you tell people like some of the stuff that you go through during the intake yeah absolutely so during the the intake form we, we go over your relationship with your father. Is he alive? Is he uh, gone? Same with your mother, siblings, primary caregivers. And then just what was your relationship like with them growing up? Because the relationship that you grew up in, it's very impactful in who you are today in your programming. So you could be reenacting a trauma from your father or your mother in in the present moment now so we go into that then we go into just things that you struggled with emotionally physically spiritually did you struggle with anything and then we get into 
just your background, you know, like where, where just your environment that you lived in, what are you currently working on right now in your life? What are your, what's your spiritual connection? Are you, do you have a connection to God? Um, do you have any surgeries, any medications, anything that I should know about from, from that you're taking now or from the past? Because what we're getting to is with the questionnaire, we're, we're able to get deeper. We're able to get to the root uh, because that's where the problem is. The problem is at the root. The problem is maybe something that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago that's continuously looping. So the questionnaire really helps just get an overall perspective on how the person grew up, what their potential programming could be, and then coming up with a plan to really help them process through that and hold the space for them. Yeah, and I found it really, really interesting. Um, And I guess... You know, I I do this a lot, uh, being a combo practitioner and telling people that, you know, we're talking about parasites and bacteria and peptides, you know, very 3D realm stuff. But if you set an intention around this ceremony uh, from the ceremonial aspect and also the way combo can work on energetics, you can actually see shifts in your life and relationships and things like that. And I found it very, very interesting we talked about um, my surgeries, my ear surgeries, just because I have a medical, people may not know this, but I had tubes like 10 times. I, I had all of these uh, ear infections when I was younger. I mean, they were constant. Like they were so constant. Like my friends used to call me bubble boy, literally. Um, I just, I, I was always on antibiotics and eardrops for for this shit. And it was like, I just lived on them. And then I even had two full-blown reconstructive ear surgeries like five years apart one time in middle school you know where they basically cut behind my ear like folded my ear over and then reconstructed my eardrum sewed me back up and then in 12th grade it happened on the other ear and so that happened they even took a piece of my skull out you can see it a tiny chip to get behind there because the infection was so deep and crazy and i had to wear this thing on my head with a headband around it miss like a week of school all of that And I never really like think about that as a potential like problem or trauma that could have resulted potentially maybe in some of the illness that I have. But when I was doing my Lyme treatment, they said that, you know, I got muscle tested and Dr. Minkoff said, you know, your scars are playing, playing an important role in your healing. So they injected me with all of this, like uh, whatever medication, like, they used to inject all of your scars. They did like my belly button, my thymus gland, and definitely all around my ears where I have my biggest scars. And I did feel a lot better from that. And then as we went through that with your intake, I had no idea. Like, I didn't think anything of it. I just, you know, anytime that's a question on a thing, I just, you know, I had all these ear surgeries, whatever, right? And then in the experience, I usually have like a lot of tingling around my hands or my hands do the penguin thing and you can't control it. And I'm like, cool with that. I'm like, whatever, it's just part of the process and whatever. But this time I didn't really have that at all, but my ears were on fire. My ears were tingling. And I was like, wow. I was like, so how much of these reconstructive ear surgeries and, and scars and maybe that piece of my skull that they took out, what, how big of a role it does that play in my healing process? And then it made me think maybe I should do some more work around that, like some more intentional 
like maybe when I'm doing combo or maybe when I do some more breath work, like really set intention around that part because think about how close that is to your brain. And that's what I have the most is a little bit of lingering brain fog. So it's very, very potentially like could be some link there. And I didn't expect that to come up at all. So for those who think that this is kind of crazy or whatever in the intakes, you know, you're just trying to do a breath work session. You could potentially rattle up something in the intake that comes out via the breathwork session, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you think about it, you get a surgery and what, what's happening during that surgery? They're cutting you open. There's, there's inflammation that's happening within your body. And then there's also emotion that is, that is happening. Maybe, maybe it's a really painful experience, right? And if, if the body hasn't fully processed that, it's going to hold on to it. So what we're doing during our breathwork journey is we're using our breath and we are, we are opening those, that energy center up. We're opening, we're bringing life back into where there might be potential stuck energy, stuck inflammation, stuck emotion. And that's ultimately what's happening when you're doing the breathwork is that the tingling, the sensation, it's just life. It's just chi, life force energy coming back into that area. And yeah, it's pretty it's pretty mind-blowing the things that, that can happen. And how do your ears feel now? Do they feel any different? Do you? I mean, they, they feel good. I don't know. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just strange. I just, I was like, you know, that was kind of unexpected because I didn't plan on it, right? And so they, they feel fine and they feel good. But I wonder if I was like more intentional with it, like, all right, come come back over. I'm I'm working on this this ear issue. I want I want to send full full send all of the energy to my ear. So maybe I'll have to play with that next time and really focus on it. Because this time it was it's very subtle, but they were both kind of like one was the left one was really tingling, kind of on fire, and the right one just a little bit. But my energy wasn't directed there at all. That just came up naturally. So I wonder if I did like a full send. And I told you this that. Um, I actually microdose mushrooms. I've noticed that if I don't for a while, that my hearing's a lot worse. And when I do a macro dose, I can hear really, really well. So I actually, you know, they always told me I would need hearing aids and shit like that, uh, like early on. And I haven't played with those, but I've been playing with mushrooms the past five years, six years off and on. And so I wonder if there is like some connection there, like mind body connection where the mushrooms are facilitating some form of like neurons or something that, that are actually allowing me to hear. It's, it's pretty bizarre, but maybe I could also play around with more, more intentional breath work or something. But, um, I, 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 I guarantee you if I went into my old doctor, he would be shocked that I don't have some form of hearing aids right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the signal, the signal from the surgery point. You know, and you're whenever you're taking mushrooms, your brain is just reconnecting that signal to your mushroom to uh, to your ears, and it's not just your ears as well. You can have that anywhere. You can have an injury from five, ten, twenty years ago, and you do breath work, and this area in your body where you had the specific injury starts tingling, and maybe you have like shaking and twitching that's happening in there. It's, it's because there's, there's trapped energy, there's emotion, there's inflammation in that area and your body is shaking, it's, it's twitching, it's getting really hot or really cold because it's releasing that. 
and then maybe maybe you had a painful spot on your body and then after a breathwork session it's it's gone it's because that that emotion that energy that was stuck right there has been released and now you're not holding tension in that in that part of your body anymore you're not holding inflammation in that part so yeah it's it's really powerful with with inflammation and and just bringing more awareness into your body that's one of my favorite things about it is it it helps you bring a lot more awareness and it helps you connect to yourself on a lot on a on a deeper level and and helps you connect to your intuition on a much deeper level as well yeah that's amazing i know you're relatively new but do you have you don't have to name any names but any kind of crazy stories that you've seen miraculously happen um like on a physical level that you would you'd be like you're like holy shit like working with people Mm, i mean i've i've seen people just release like five ten years of trauma they've said um lots of pain inflammation stuff like that has gone through um nothing that really comes to mind i i i don't really hold on to people's traumas and experiences you know i kind of just let them flow through me a lot of times during the experience i'm i'm in an altered state myself and it's just channeling and things are just kind of flowing through me and because i'm i'm feeling with you as the breathwork facilitator what you're experiencing i'm also experiencing and feeling within my body as well and i'm a i'm a big feeler as as we've talked about i'm very very sensitive so i'm very sensitive to energy and during breathwork experiences i'm actually helping clear stuff in your body through my body you know, I'll be doing breath work with you. I'll be tapping my body. I'll be shaking my body. I'll be screaming or yelling or sighing with you. And I'm helping you move that energy through my body also. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a very intimate experience. And, and the one-on-one sessions I, I really enjoy because it's, it's that. It's just more intimate and you have the ability to go a lot deeper. Yeah, I told Cole, I'm like, you got to do a one-on-one with him because it's, she's a, we've always done just like the groups, right? And it was so different. I was like, he, he, when he does the size as a group, he's probably, he's feeling the energy of, you know, 20 people. But the thing is, everybody's in a different layer level, you know, so it's, you you can do the size and help everyone release. But when you're just sitting there looking directly at one person, you're probably more intuitive on when they should probably let go, when they should sigh. And also, I don't know if I myself would actually do the tapping, you know, because I'm just like focused on the breath, just trying to do that and work through it and feel it and be in the moment. And I don't some to me, I think the tapping may be distractive or maybe as I keep doing breath work and I get better at it, maybe I'll intuitively do some more tapping. But you were doing that tapping for me, which I actually love. Cause it was like, that's great. Cause I don't got to fucking worry about it. He's, he's feeling into me and he's learning, he's, you know, figuring out where I need to be. You were kind of rubbing on my chest, shaking me a little bit, tapping, touching me in different places. And all of it was super intimate and amazing. Why don't we go into like, what is that like tapping and the touching? What's, what's that help in a one-on-one session? So we have um, meridian points. We have different meridian points in our body and, and meridian channels. And, and what are these, these channels? They're interconnected energy pathways 
that transport energy. They transport information. So we are energetic beings, right? And when we're using breath work, we're opening these channels up. And what I'm doing with the tapping and also energy work, uh, I, I'm not a certified Reiki practitioner, but it's I would say it's very close to Reiki. But when I'm doing the tapping, I'm doing the touching, I'm just using slight touch to open these channels up, to, to help think of it like body work a little bit, just not as deep as body work, just using my hands to, to open the energy systems up, open, open the body up to, to allow the energy to flow more freely. Yeah, no, I thought it was amazing because I just don't think that I would have done the tapping and I loved it. Um, what is another aspect of the of uh, breath work? I guess the sound. What what uh, impact does like having the right music and sound play on the breath work journey? Yeah, it really plays everything. Sound has frequency, right? And maybe potential songs might people might feel dysregulated within a song as well. And and we're also whenever I'm I'm doing a, a breathwork session, I'm incorporating potential songs that can help people release things like let it let it go was was played by James Bay in one of my songs and a lot of times during that we'll, we're using a little bit faster paced music in the beginning to to activate the sympathetic nervous system we're climbing a mountain building that energy and then we'll hit this peak and then more slower paced songs more maybe potential like sad or triggering songs not triggering but more sad songs and and it's really uh in it's it's um what's the word encouraging people to express themselves encouraging people to let it go let these emotions go so the playlist is is very important and also something that's important is your your sound your voice as well your voice is a a very powerful tool in clearing energy from the body especially some women or or some men we don't speak our truth as much as we should and what does that cause us to do it causes us to swallow our words swallow our emotions and that can lead to energy emotions thoughts getting stuck in the lower chakras and as we do breath work we're using our breath and we're pulling this energy up. And if you haven't been used to speaking your truth, to shouting, to screaming, it can get stuck here in your throat. And sometimes during the experience, I'll say, let's just start sighing. Let's just start sighing or yelling or screaming or whatever comes up because your voice, your voice has a frequency as well. And it can play a huge part in sending that ripple effect through your body to release that emotion. Maybe, maybe when you were younger, all you wanted to do was tell someone, tell someone straight, you know, maybe you wanted to stand up for yourself and you didn't do it during the breathwork journey. You have the opportunity to use your voice and to stand up for yourself and to speak your truth. And that can be very powerful in helping people clear trauma, clear emotion from their body. Yeah, that's absolutely it's, it's incredible, and I think the sound, that's why I asked you, plays a big part in a lot of these ceremonies and experience. It's a big role in the combo. Um, I think, honestly, uh, combo is a little bit different from plant medicines, but it's my 
understanding that the reason the tribes do the singing or the reason you play the right soundtrack during, uh, you know, plant medicine ceremony, if you don't have the actual, like you're not in the tribe where they're doing the real singing is it's like, you're opening the door to like some form of like other dimension almost. And then your body's more accepting to a sound healing and sound healings are powerful. Even if you're not opened up, I've been to quite a few that, uh, when I was really sick, I could tell they were like healing. Like I would sleep for like 12 hours after a sound healing journey where I just laid there. So those can be powerful in and of themselves. And, but then when you stack this extra layer on top of doing breath work and kind of getting out of your, out of your brain, out of your front frontal cortex there and just really being feeling. And then the music plays a bigger role. And also even like, you know, that's why I love the East Forest soundtrack. I'll shout it from the rooftops. If you've never done a mushroom ceremony with the East Forest soundtrack, the, the, the whatever it is for, for uh, mushroom practitioners, it's like on Spotify and Apple. Like I had mushroom journeys before and then after and then night and day difference. Like mushroom journeys changed my life. And then it was another level when I started playing the East Forest soundtrack. Like it sounds like the heavens are talking to you. And once you take them five grams or more and you're opened up to that, the healing that occurs is just insane. And he's formulated that soundtrack over like thousands of ceremonies. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's, it's at, Cole plays it like in Shavasana, sometimes in yoga. And I'm like, no, no, because it, it literally like shoots me to like a ceremony almost. I'm like, because I've just done an hour of yoga and then I'm laying there and then she's playing some East Forest when I'm when I'm in that state. And I'm like, oh, shit, like haven't been there in a while. <laughs> like, it really takes me to a place. So I do believe that the, the sound portion is a big aspect as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't heard that song before. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check it out. It's a five-hour soundtrack. Oh wow! It's yeah. meant for an, it's meant for an entire journey. Wow, yeah, I'll definitely and have it, to check. And that it out. like builds. It's like each track's really long, and it starts off real subtle. It's got all these instruments and these people singing, and then it like kind of brings you up, and then it slowly fades out, and then you come back into your body and you go, "What the fuck just happened? That was crazy." And then a few minutes later, you hear ching, you hear like a, you hear a chime or a flute, and then you're just back off to the moon and it just goes in these waves for your entire ceremony. So maybe, maybe next time you're ready to do a mushroom ceremony with doing together with that soundtrack. Um, it's, it's, it's life changing. Um, I used to just play like, you know, frequency stuff off of YouTube or whatever, and it's, it's just not the same. And I learned that from like a Kyle Kingsbury, like Aubrey Marcus podcast. They started recommending that and it was just free on Apple and Spotify and it, it was life changing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting how when we hear these songs in an elevated state, in a psychedelic state, and then we hear them sober, it almost takes us back to that experience. You know, I have this one like Native American flute music song that I've done mushrooms too i've done san pedro too and every time i hear it i'm just like oh i can feel it <laughs> you know i can feel it. you get the shivers you get the chills a little bit um and you just feel the sacredness of it um so yeah i'd love to talk a little bit about frequency as well because sound sound everything all the music that you're listening to it has a certain frequency and there's very, very coherent and very regulating 
frequency and there's very incoherent, unregulating frequency. And something to maybe look up is Dr. Emoto, have you seen that with the water? The water? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How you can you can play a specific frequency next to water and then freeze it and then one is like very, very coherent and then the other one is very incoherent. So it's it's it, it shows you to be very mindful of the, the frequency, the sound that you're listening to. Uh, because it can be either helping your, your cells be more coherent or more incoherent, more in parasympathetic, which is rest, digest, relax, or more in sympathetic, which is stress uh, and a flight response. Absolutely. Are there other aspects of the ceremony that you feel are important that I've left out? The integration phase is very, very important because you can get very activated during a breathwork journey and you can release a lot but the, the integration is the most important part. It doesn't matter if you have these big releases, if you have these big revelations, if you're not able to integrate them. So the integration process of doing 15, 20 minutes of restorative breathing and really allowing what you released and what you, what you opened up to, to integrate into your nervous system to allow your nervous system to be able to hold that energy to hold that frequency because that's what we're doing during your breathwork session is we're we're really up leveling we're elevating our energy we're elevating our frequency and if we don't allow proper time for integration then it's not going to hold in the body the body you're just going to have this experience it's like psychedelics you're going to have this God meeting moment, you know, with psychedelics. But then what about integrating it? People don't take time for the integration to put into their life to learn and and apply what they learned in the in the psychedelic experience into their life. And yeah, the the integration is is very important. The integration isn't just for 20, 30 minutes after the breathwork session. It's for the next few days, the next week, the next two weeks, the next month. Um, during like these sessions, you can release and learn a lot. And one session can be completely life-changing and complete, completely life transforming as it was for me. So really making proper time for, for integration is the most important. Yeah, that makes total sense. And that's what I always tell people. I think I brought this up on the show before, but it was like one, one guy I was doing combo on was like, can I go to work after? I'm like, dude, I think you're, you got the wrong mindset. He, I mean, he was, he was pretty healthy. He was just wanted to try it out. So it like is what it is. And he was a younger guy, but I was like, I think you should probably take a day off. But if you feel called to go into work after the ceremony, I, I doubt it, but I don't see where there's any time for like actually sitting with it and kind of feeling what came up there. So it's kind of just a waste of your 150 bucks. Yeah. And what is it? It's an addiction to the stress. You know, it's like we're, we're, we're getting to this elevated state. We're coming into a regulated nervous system and then we go out and we get right back into our life and we get stressed out again, you know? So the, the practice, cause that's what it is. It's a breathwork practice. It's a yoga practice. How can you integrate what you experienced, what you learned in this session today? 
how can you integrate that into your life? How can you make it more of a way of being? How can you be more in a regulated state throughout the day and use your breath to get to that point? So, yeah, the integration is absolutely crucial because then without integration, you just keep needing the mushrooms over and over again. You keep needing the psychedelics or the breathwork sessions even. You can do too much breathwork as well There can because it's very stimulating for the nervous system. So it's it's about listening to your body and and just allowing the nervous system to really integrate and then applying it in your in your daily life. That's very, very important. Yeah, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. It wasn't something I was going to touch on. What what kind of happens if you do too much breath work? Are you like out of touch with your own body? Is like what's going on there? Well, it can just be like you're taking too much psychedelics. You just get very regulated. You get stuck in a sympathetic state. You're bringing up too much emotion, too much trauma, and you can almost re-traumatize yourself as well by doing too much. And your body knows best. Your body knows. So really really sit down and and connect with your body, connect with your breath, and you'll know if it's too much or if it's too little. And a lot of times as the facilitator, I can tell if people are in a really regular or unregulated state, dysregulated, you know, and and during something like that, maybe more so restorative breathing, in through the nose, out through the nose, stimulating the parasympathetic would be better for them because if you're very, very stressed out, and then you just jump into a breathwork session and you get your sympathetic really, really activated, it can be too activating for you. And it can, it can, like I said, re-traumatize you and take you longer to, to come back from that experience. Yeah, that's a little bit too much you hear. And that's happening in the psychedelic space a lot. It seems like people are stacking medicines and doing four different medicines in a weekend and it's like i I just don't see myself being called to that at all like one one solo experience is good i guess if i flew to the jungle i would maybe do multiple ayahuasca ceremonies because i was like all the way in the jungle and was like had to travel to get there but it's like what i don't really see myself like doing combo and mushrooms and ayahuasca and ketamine all in like four or five days like where what, I don't even know what would come of that. I don't even see the benefit in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I totally, totally agree with that. I mean, I, I actually know um, somebody who does um, like a week-long kind of retreat where they use like four different medicines. And I know uh, somebody who attended and actually it was a life-changing experience for him. He actually is a lot different. So maybe if it's well thought out, and maybe the dose it makes the poison and the integration and everything, but maybe it could happen for me personally. I don't, I wouldn't see me attending a retreat like that, but I don't want to downplay because I do know somebody who's really, really dope uh, who throws a, throws a, like a week long retreat where they are experiencing a couple different medicines. And I know somebody who had like a life changing um, time there. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it is, but I, I feel, don't feel called to those myself. Yeah. And that's, that's the important aspect that you brought up as well is what do you feel called towards? You know, because what you feel called towards is most likely what you're ready for. So listening to that intuition, if you don't feel something that feels good, like if if going to the jungle and doing a week-long ayahuasca experience doesn't feel good, then don't do it. Only I would only recommend doing psychedelics when it feels good, when the psychedelics are calling you, when you're not forcing yourself upon 
on the psychedelics because that's when the hard experiences can happen when you start abusing them or maybe you're not ready for it you know your body your nervous system it knows when you're ready for psychedelics and it'll tell you it'll tell you so uh listening listening Mm -hmm. i actually had a good friend at one of our retreats and she had never done combo and had planned on it and then literally like as we're setting up she's like you know i think i'm gonna skip and i think she was almost like a little timid to even say it as if i would like be like mad at her and i goes listen if it's not a full body fuck yes then don't do it go journal you can you can get some sage and sit and watch help out you know she's a really integrated person and i was like just don't do it you know there is no i'm not forcing it if you're not fully 100 percent called to do this ceremony and that's why combo is always optional at our retreats the other stuff we kind of like you know i mean you don't have to do any of it i guess if you don't want to do breath work but the you know, combo is a little bit different. It's more of a powerful experience playing with a random jungle style medicine where I, you know, I leave that for sure optional. I, I try to, you know, tell people you came here to push yourself out of your comfort zone. But if you really are like have anxiety and are scared of the combo, why you're that's going to come up for you. So that's going to make it even more difficult than if you came into it wanting to work with the combo, you know, same for breath work, like. You know, you're going to have to want to feel called to any of these practices. But also, you know, you have to realize that you're kind of taking a leap on any of them. So they're not going to just sit around and wait around for it. You do have to take some action. But I think as you start listening to podcasts like this or someone else's, whoever you listen to, you know, kind of kind of listen, see what see what your soul is calling for and try one of them out. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's normal to have a little bit of like anxiety and a little like a little bit before mm-hmm. you do a certain plant medicine. That's the respect for the medicine. You know, like shit, I don't I don't know what can come up. You know, I might see some really like deep stuff within me. But if it's like a full body, like your body's tightening up, like this is just too much, then yeah, I would recommend then not doing it. And just to circle back a little bit about the retreats as well with people that do three, four, five day medicine retreats. Yeah, I, I totally agree. People can probably have a very powerful experience with it. Um, and like, like I was saying, do you feel called to it? Do you feel called going to a, an event space like that? Because I'm, there's some beautiful facilitators out there. There's some wonderful facilitators out there and I'm sure that they can hold the space and they have practices to allow people to help them integrate better and prepare them. Uh, but yeah, just really helping you um, only only feel called to something, only really truly feel called. And how do you develop that calling? How do you develop that, that intuition? It, it takes time. It takes time, you know, and, and the more your vessel, the more your body is clean, the more in touch with your intuition you'll be. So meditation is a good way, breath work, and, and just being aware of how you are intuitive. Like, do you feel something in your gut? Do you maybe see something visually? Do you maybe hear a voice or do you hear something, you know? So just being aware of how you receive intuition like people say oh the the plants spoke to me 
you know, or it's like an inner knowing. Sometimes it's like an inner knowing, or maybe it's an inner feeling. So just being being aware of what clear you are and what what your intuition channel is most strong, and then listening to it. Hundred percent. I actually do respect the people that throw those retreats so much that I'm. Um, he actually wants to work with combo and potentially add that in the very beginning to like for like an opening cleanse. And I'm totally open to it because it's like all men's right now. My wife and I do the all all women's stuff because that's kind of her crowd here in Tampa. And uh, so we she likes that, you know, having one guy in the room might throw off the dynamic of, you know, if they want to open up about relationship stuff and whatever. So we're just kind of running with those for now. And over time, maybe we'll do some more co-eds, but it would be cool to add my services on um, to an all men's thing and help them integrate. And like I said, my. My one buddy's went to one and he had a life changing and I've, I've talked to the facilitator quite a bit and um, really they, they do do seem to be changing people quite a bit. So I think it is well thought out, well integrated, healthy food out in the mountains. So uh, definitely not going to knock it, but I don't think that I personally would go. But that doesn't mean that it's not for it. somebody could have a, the most revelations they've ever had going to one, but. Like you said, just go into what you're called for, and I'm not knocking anybody's experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all on our own experience, you know, and and releasing judgment. That's something that I've had a, a, a very hard time at is not, not judging others. But ultimately, it's because I've judged myself, you know. So, so realizing that we're all on our own journey and uh, the shit that I did five, ten years ago was crazy you know i was not an easy kid to parent you know and and then how can i judge someone else for what i did five ten years ago you know um you can't really you can't and just understanding that everyone's on their own journey we're all really at the end of the day we're all trying to do our best we're all trying to do our best with what life is throwing at us and yeah, this is something that I would love to do with you sometime is create a container for men. I was just talking to Gerard about it yesterday at, at the yoga class. I want to create a container for men to help release anger because I feel like a lot of men are holding on to a lot of anger, you know, and combo the warrior medicine and then breath work, you know, I feel like that could be a very powerful combo together. So literally combo. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, we'll have to talk about that at some point. Yeah, I think we could definitely make that work. There's definitely men's groups around here are, are I, I don't know any of them that are actually doing well. And I'm not sure if you've ever listened to my podcast with my boy, Jose. Um, he's dope. Like he, you, like if you don't follow my boy, Jose, I'm going to put you up on him. And he started this, uh, men's group called modern Renaissance man. And they, they do the work brother they do he does rite of passages where you fast for four days out in the wilderness and um he does the all the breath work the cacaos i mean i'm not sure if they incorporate plant medicines i know he's done a bunch but i mean they do the work the emotional the the talk they do virtual sessions where they talk about emotions and everybody gets a turn and i mean um he, he does a good job and that could be something where maybe we could lean on him for some advice around forming a men's group because he's He's done really well with it. Yeah, absolutely. Where is he based out of? 
Um, he 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 moves around. He shakes and moves. I think a lot of it is he's from New Jersey, but he's actually like from Puerto Rico. But then like grew up in New Jersey, and then I think when he did some plant medicines, he kind of went back to Puerto Rico to kind of reconnect with like his roots and his family. And then I think he goes like back and forth and stuff like that. But he's uh, I think it's based up on the East Coast, like New Jersey. Nice. We'll have to get him down here to do a retreat, and we'll experience it, and then start hosting. Yeah, I wonder. Stuff. I wonder what that would look like if we could connect with him. He's he's been growing really well. I had him on the first season. Actually, I uh, heard him on a podcast um, when I was um, doing some research. I happened to listen to a podcast with him and the guy I was researching, and I goes, "Oh wow, this dude's dope!" And so I had him on, and uh, he's got a really unique like. Uh, thought process around being stylish and he thinks it's like an expression of the soul like how you what what you wear like all of this stuff you know because a lot of people get real spiritual and they just like don't care what they look like anymore and he's kind of like into like style and fashion and that's part of your soul and expression and your haircut and this and that and we talked about that in the first season and then in the second season we talked about more of like the men's integrated work and the plant medicines and he takes people down to the jungle even I, I don't I think they might be doing plant medicines there, but I know they're just like experiencing like indigenous life down there more so. And they're like in the Amazon river and shit. He, he, he does some dope shit. Nice. That's awesome. I love it. There's a lot of men's groups around the rise and mm-hmm. I feel like it's necessary right now. I feel like there's a war on men, you know, and the there's rise, war on masculinity for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. While we are uh, starting to wrap this up, why don't you like tell people like uh, we only touched on your trading. The, the you trading was my, the least of my interest, but I do think it's pretty cool um, how you've kind of incorporated breath work into training. So maybe there might be someone listening that's interested in that type of like they do trades already. They might want to know more and how to work with you. Why don't you tell us how you kind of like incorporated the breath work with the trading and even what trading is? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, a Forex trader. I, I buy and sell currencies in the foreign exchange market. I've been doing that for seven years now. Think of it just kind of like stocks, you know, investing, um, but more of a day trader. I'm The style of my trading is get into the market for an hour, two hours, three hours, make your money and get out. I'm not of a like a long-term trader, much more short-term trading and and trading for an hour or two a day and then being done because long-term trading uh, sometimes can just be time consuming and energy consuming a little bit. So yeah, I've been doing that for seven years and I had a huge, massive spiritual experience with trading. Uh, The first three, four years, I I did really well in the beginning. I made quite a bit of money. I mean, a hundred dollars to sixty five hundred dollars, which is pretty crazy in a few in like a month, month and a half. And at the time, it was a lot of money for me. Um, and then the next like three and a half years, I completely lost everything. I lost over six figures over the course of three and a half years. I invested all of my money into it. Same same type of thing, like with the bodybuilding, the trading. Like I put everything into it. So I put everything into it, and I was very very stressed out because of that my my finances weren't really optimal they weren't really the best because i put all my money into the market and if i had lost that money if i didn't if i didn't um, make any money i wasn't going to be able to eat i wasn't going to be able to to have food or gas you know 
So it, it caused me to be very, very stressful. And when I was very stressful, I kept repeating the same patterns over and over again. And I realized like, okay, I'm, I'm very stressed out and I'm attracting trades based on this. I'm attracting trades based on how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. I was thinking thoughts that weren't confident. I was thinking thoughts of being scared of losing money, you know, and I was, I was feeling emotions of fear. I was feeling emotions of, of stress. And ultimately that caused me to take trades that were like that. And then when I really started to take a deeper look within myself, after I repeated a ton of patterns within my trading and lost a lot of money and went through a lot of hard times. Then I started getting into the more of the meditation, into the breath work and stuff like that to elevate your state. My, my business is called Elevated FX, so Elevated Forex, because we're, we're doing our breath work, we're doing our meditation, we're doing our routine before we trade, before we get onto the markets to elevate our mindset, to elevate our emotions. And if we have an elevated mindset and an elevated emotion, with my signature strategy, with my price action strategy, you're going to make money. It's almost for certain that you're going to make money. Once once you understand how the market moves and, and understand the strategy and everything like that. So yeah, in the last um in the last few months I've really started incorporating breath work and and meditation and helping people tap into their intuition, into their health and really getting a routine down with how they trade to make money and, and make money in a stress-free way. Trading is, is very stressful for a lot of people and we don't want to be stressed out. We have, a, we have a lot of stress in our lives already. So giving people the tools to tap into themselves before they trade and then they make their money, they're good, they're done for the day. And then they go out and live their life. They live their healthy, happy, abundant, free life. And that's ultimately why I got into trading is the freedom. So with Forex, you can you can do it anywhere. You can be in a different country and you can still make money. As long as you have Wi-Fi, you can make money Monday through Friday. And uh, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. Freedom is one of my highest values. And being able to make a lot of money pretty much anywhere in the world, it's powerful. And then also helping people with their health and their breath work and, and uh, their routines and everything and their vision. It's, it's really combining everything together, combining health, combining physicality, combining mentality, com combining your emotions, and then combining finances as well. So now we're not only creating financial freedom, but we're creating freedom in mind, body, and uh, emotional, um, in their in their emotional state. You know, so yeah, yeah, that's dope, and that's very unique. And I love that you found a way to incorporate all of the spiritual kind of breathwork stuff into the finances as well and you found a way for financial freedom because it's so important a lot of people in the in the spiritual community they don't want to charge for their services they have scarcity mindset or they think it's like ego or greed and it's like I, I, we, we Cole and I are in the opposite we feel like you deserve to be paid for all of the knowledge and work that you've done and accumulated 
and you know that it's just stressful to live with no money it's like you have to figure out how to make some money and then you figure out how to do it built in with your passion it's just beautiful man yeah absolutely absolutely and it's it's just programming you know it's um it's programming maybe maybe you were born into an environment where there was lack you didn't have a lot growing up you know so that's programmed into you and and helping people remove those limiting beliefs remove those blocks and whenever you whenever you have a lot of money having a lot of money is beautiful when you have a lot of money you're able to serve your clients even better you know you're able to buy the best food you're able to buy all the biohacking gear you're able to to buy that that membership that that you're you're able to go on that vacation you're able to take care better care of yourself with a lot of money and and in turn you're able to help more people you're able to make a bigger impact because in this world we do need money to do things you know if if a lot of really really good people had a lot of money in this world it would be a completely different world the reason why the world is in the state of sin is because there's a lot of shitty people that have a lot of money. You know what I mean? So getting getting people, uh, getting good people in the hands of more money, it's, it's, it's going to be beneficial. And just removing the blocks of, oh, he's filthy rich or, or whatever, just the terms, how we speak about money. You know, how do you feel when you, when you see someone in a, $250,000 Lambo pull up to you, you know, do you resent them? If you resent them, you're, you're not only resenting them, but you're resenting that, that unworthiness of money within yourself. And you're actually repelling money away from you, you know? So not all, not all people who have a lot of money are assholes. Like it's a program that we've been told, but there's a lot of money out there. A lot of people that have a lot of money, but they just don't show it. You know, but they have like a ton. Typically, the people that that um, that buy the not always, you know, but it's a it's a mask, you know, it's a mask, and they're buying the Lambo, the Ferraris, all this stuff to mask like a certain core issue. And yeah, they they aren't the best people, you know. But there are a lot of people that have a lot of money, but you just don't know about them because they don't have to flaunt it because they're secure within themselves. Yeah, that's the that's the best way to be, and I, I glad you glad you said that because I I do think you know we keep talking about psychedelics and breath work, but the more we get some of these people with money to kind of do some of these experiences, the more we'll make a shift. And um, my friends Todd and Cole, they work with a lot of high level CEOs and stuff like that, and that's I think that they're making some of the biggest impacts because they're like working with less clients, but bigger high-end people with a shit ton of money so that's going to trickle down within their corporations and you know it's not an easy thing like he was telling me you know you get a get a ceo of a of a place that makes money like mcdonald's or something just because he had an experience like the rest of the people are still like in the system right so it's like takes a lot of work it's like you can change one guy at the top but then it's like you have to work with him on how he's going to start to try to change the rest of the greedy people that are right underneath them and shit who have who've just been greedy and just been making money for years and years and decades, you know? So, but it is the tide's slowly turning. I think the, the entire planet's kind of waking up a little bit. We are realizing that the, the system that we've relied on for so long is kind of shattered. 
uh, right in front of our eyes. And we have to have a new, we have to have a new way forward. Yeah, absolutely. All systems are failing right now, mm-hmm. especially at the health system. The health system's the biggest failure, and yeah. it, it's you know people are realizing that quick. I think so many people are getting like autoimmune and different things. Like you know, they might not be as chronic as you or I, but like they have like something where they just like get all these prescriptions, then they feel worse. And like you, you wake up to that shit quick, right? You're like, all right, I've seen ten doctors, no one knows what's wrong. They just said I got chronic fatigue syndrome, but I'm 25 or I'm 35. And a lot of people just take that and say this is what it is, but then there's a hell of a lot of people who wake up and then they get their proper help, and then those people have children, right? So it's a slow wake up, but then they'll, they'll teach their kids, and their kids will teach their kids, and it'll trickle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what does all that disease come from? It comes from stress. It comes from emotional trauma. It comes from stuff that is left unprocessed within the body-mind system that is turning into a physical disease, disease, you know? So breath work is so powerful in helping clear that trauma, clear that, remove those blocks. And ultimately it makes you a lot healthier, a lot happier. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. Well, why don't you, I know you want to lead us on a little breath work journey here to close us off, but in case we're going to lose anybody during this, if they're driving or whatever, why don't you tell everybody where to find you and how to do breath work with you or to work in your Forex program before we start? Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest way to find me would be on Instagram. It's just Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Halford, H-A-L-L-F-O-R-D. If you want to connect with me, just shoot me a message on there. And also elevatedbreathwork.co. So elevated, E-L-E-V-A-T-E-D, breathwork.co. That would be the best place to find me for my breathwork offerings. And I also do personal one-on-one coaching that is, aside from 4X, I do breathwork and health coaching as well, one-on-one. So anything you're interested in, please just let me know. I do offer virtual breathwork sessions as well that can be just as powerful as in-person sessions and regardless if you don't want to work with me or you don't feel called at this time please just reach out let me know that you listen to the episode i would love to connect with you and if you're in the tampa st pete community let's uh, let's meet up in person and get this community going oh yeah brother i loved it let's do some let's do a little breathing session get people yeah. a little taste of what you got sounds great can we uh, play any music or no I've never played around with that, so I'm not sure if we can do that. You might just have to fly okay. solo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll just. You'd uh, have to probably play it like in the background and see how that sounded, but I don't know if that would sound good or not. Yeah, it's all good. We'll just uh, we'll free flow with it. All right. So I'll just kind of explain everything a little bit, and then we'll we'll get into it. So the the two breathing patterns that I do. We have restorative breathing and activation breathing. Restorative breathing is done. Real quick, if you're um, driving, please either pull over or turn this video off. And I, I recommend doing this sitting down um, because you can get lightheaded and everything. So we have our restorative breathing, our activation breathing. Our restorative breathing is in through the nose, out through the nose. And that is stimulating our parasympathetic nervous system, 
our rest, digest, relax. This is how you want to breathe on a daily basis, in through the nose, out through the nose. And then we have our activation breathing, which is done in through the mouth, out through the mouth, just slightly parting open the mouth, keeping the mouth relaxed, and inhaling in through the mouth, and exhaling out through the mouth. So it looks something like this. And the breathing pattern, or excuse me, so the activation it is activating our sympathetic nervous system. And that is where our fight, flight, fawn, freeze, stress responses, where there may be potential trapped energy, trapped emotion that we are using our activation breathing to bring up so we can ultimately process it, feel it, and let it go. So the breathwork pattern is very, very simple. It's just into the belly, into the heart, into the neck, and an effortless exhale. So if you guys just want to put one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart, you can go down, go ahead and close your eyes down if you want. And we'll just breathe into our belly first. Just take a deep breath into your belly, in through the nose, out through the mouth. We'll do two more of those into the belly. Last one here. All right. So that's the first part. The second part is into the chest. So we'll breathe into our belly now, into our chest, and then effortless exhale. Into the belly, into the chest, effortless exhale. Last one here, into the belly, into the chest, effortless exhale. So now we're going to also pull it up into our neck. So it will look something like this, into the belly, into the heart, into the neck, and an effortless exhale, all in one continuous circular breath. So it looked like this. So we're breathing deep into the belly, into the heart, into the neck, and then effortless exhale. Not pausing at the top and not pausing at the bottom. It's a continuous circular breathing. So during the breathing pattern, that's what it will be. Into the belly, into the heart, into the neck, and then effortless exhale. You can breathe in through your nose, out through your nose, in through your nose, out through your mouth or in through your mouth, out through your mouth. I typically recommend doing in through the nose, out through the mouth. It's a little bit of a balance of the parasympathetic and the sympathetic being stimulated. During the experience, you can have lightheadedness. You might get very tingly. You might feel very energetic. You might get hot. You might get cold. Just know that that is completely normal, and it's just energy moving in your body, using our breath and we're moving that energy in our body. So we will be doing 10 breaths and at the top of the 10th breath, we'll blow all the way out and we'll hold at the bottom for 10 seconds and then we'll get back 
right back into our breathing pattern and we'll go for 20 breaths. And at the top of the 20th breath, we'll blow all the way out and hold at the bottom for 20 seconds. And then we'll do 30 breaths. And at the top of the 30th breath, we will blow all the way out and hold for as long as you can. And I will ask you the question, what does my intuition, what does my inner guidance want me to know right now? And this is just your opportunity to tap into any feelings, any sensations, any thoughts, any, any knowings that come through to you. This is your intuition speaking to you. And just a quick shout out, this is Awaken Daily's daily breathwork practice. This is something that I do every single day, sometimes twice a day. And I highly recommend doing this for your morning practice. It's a great way to elevate your state with your breath and then get into a meditation and then get into some journaling. And it's a perfect way to start your day. So if everyone wants to sit up straight and we will go ahead and close down our eyes. And very slowly, we'll just begin to become aware of our breath. Not trying to change our breath just yet. Just becoming aware. Tracking the inhales. Tracking the exhales. Feeling any sensations that you feel on your body. Maybe you feel hot. Or maybe you feel a little cold. Just using this time to bring your awareness into your body. Into this moment. And we're slowly going to begin to bring our awareness into our feet. Bringing our awareness into our feet. Grounding us into the earth. Maybe feeling a sensation in our feet. And moving our awareness, the sensation now, through our feet, into our ankles. Into our shins. Bringing our awareness into our shins and our calves. Relaxing our calves. And slowly moving our awareness now up into our knees. And our quads. Relaxing our quads. Bring your awareness into your hamstrings. Relaxing your hamstrings. And 
and slowly moving your awareness up into your glutes. Relaxing your glutes. into your hips, into your lower back, your abdomen, relaxing your abdomen, and slowly moving our awareness now up our lower back up our abdomen, into our middle back, into our chest, our heart center, relaxing our heart center, opening up our hearts to receive love. now into our upper back, into our shoulders, our neck, relaxing our neck, moving our awareness into our triceps now. Maybe feeling a sensation in your triceps and moving it into your biceps. This sensation moving down into your elbows, your forearms. into your wrists, into your hands, all the way to your fingers and fingertips, completely relaxing your entire body from the neck down, slowly moving your awareness now into your chin, your jaw, unclenching your jaw, bringing your awareness into your mouth, taking your tongue off the roof of your mouth, into your cheeks now, into your nose, your eyes, relaxing your eyes into the sockets, and now bringing your awareness into your forehead, 
third eye center. Relaxing your forehead. And moving your awareness now all the way to the top of your head. Your crown chakra. Your connection to the heavens. Relax in your crown chakra. And in just a moment now, we're going to begin our first 10 breaths. Breathing at a pace that's right for you. You can follow along with us, or you can go at your own pace. We're going to get started in three, two, one. Taking a deep inhale, easy exhale. Last one. Two. Three. Four. Five, you're halfway there. Six. Seven, three more. Eight. Nine, last one here, and taking a deep inhale. Blowing all the way out, all the way out, and holding for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Taking a deep inhale now. We're going for 20 this time. That's one. That's it. You're doing great. That's two. Just being aware of the different sensations, the different thoughts, whatever's coming up for you in this moment. Using your breath to bring you deeper into your body. Bring you deeper into this moment. That's five. Six. Seven. That's 10, you're halfway there. You're doing great. Breathing deeply and fully. 
down to 11. Allowing your breath to bring in more energy, more life force into your body. Using your breath as a tool to elevate your state, elevate your consciousness. That's 15, we have five more. That's it. Deep inhales. Easy exhales. That's 16. Seventeen. Eighteen, last two here. Nineteen, last one here, and taking a deep inhale, deep inhale, and blowing all the way out, blowing all the way out and holding for 20, 19, 18, 17, just relaxing into the breath hold, being aware of any feelings, any sensations that are currently going on in your body. bringing your awareness into any parts of your body that feel relaxed. Five, four, three, two, one. And taking a deep inhale. We're going for 30 this time. This is our last round. You're doing great, you got this. That's two. Three. Four. Just going at a pace that feels good for you. Listening to your body. That's five. Six. Seven. Eight. Ten, we have twenty more. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen, 
15 and a half way there. Uh, so just embracing this heightened energy, embracing the sensation that you feel within your body. Relaxing into your body. 16. Seventeen, eighteen, Ten We have five more. Twenty six. Twenty seven. Last two here. Twenty-nine. Last one here. Taking a deep inhale. Taking a deep inhale and going all the way out. Going all the way out and holding for as long as you can. Holding your breath at the bottom for as long as you can. Just being aware of the sensations, the feelings, the thoughts that may be coming up. Just simply beginning to become aware. Relaxing into your heart space. It's not a competition. Whenever you're ready to come back to your normal breathing, you can do that whenever you're ready. And whenever you're ready, asking yourself, what does my intuition, what does my inner guidance want me to know right now? What does my intuition 
but just my inner guidance that makes me know right now. And simply just open yourself, open yourself up to receive. What does my intuition, what does my inner guidance want me to know right now? We'll stay here for about 30 more seconds. Just observing any sensations. Slowly begin to wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, maybe sway from side to side, whatever feels good. Take a good morning stretch if that feels good. just a moment we're going to open our eyes and when we open our eyes before you come back to the screen or whatever you're doing take a look around your room around your environment you can go ahead and open your eyes now when we begin to elevate our state elevate our consciousness with our breath. The things around us might look different. The things we see change because we've changed. Does anything look different from this elevated state of presence? Connection within yourself. This is a reminder to always come back to your breathwork practice. Always come back to this sense of peace. Because that is what you truly are. And whenever you're ready, we'll come back. Wow, can you talk? Wow, brother. That was powerful. <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel absolutely amazing. Uh, just like I did the other day when we did this practice. It's, it really is sh like short and sweet. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Powerful. Very grounding in such a short period of time. Yeah, it's unlike anything else. I mean, I don't even know how long that took, but relatively fast, probably 10, 15 minutes for the whole thing. And I just,
just feel more connected, more aware, better vision as you, you know, inquired about already because looking around, it's like, wow, just uh, the power of the breath really is magical. And if you guys are around here, you really, really got to do a one-on-one session with Zach. Kind of blew me away the other day. It was, it was awesome. And I'd imagine the, the virtual stuff's probably still really, really potent as well. But uh, if you can experience the tapping and the touch and the energetics, I, I highly recommend checking them out. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, I really thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's been an honor. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I just want to say you've been really inspiring me a lot. And I'm, I'm really uh, grateful to be on here. And, and I'm happy for what you're doing. You're, you're doing big things and you're sharing your message out there. And you're really impacting a lot of people. So I, I applaud you for that. And I support you through that as well. Thank you so much for all the support. And I've, um, you know, it's taken a lot of time, effort, energy, evolution. This wasn't anything that I, you know, I did a first season, but it's just like, it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. People just think we show up and have these conversations, but the showing up on social media and the reaching out and the back and forth emails and trying to get to some of these higher level guests and it's, it's a real learning lesson, too. People might think, like, oh, you had these great guests, and <clears throat> they don't realize I get, like, five no's for every two yeses, you know? I'm, like, left on red, right? Because I think big, you know? You're, we're kind of similar in that way. Like, I'll, I'll DM somebody who's kind of big, whatever. They say something, they say something, if not, if not, but... <clears throat> um, the law of probability says that if you, <laughs> if you DM enough people, <clears throat> you'll get more yeses and a lot of these people actually aren't so unattainable a lot of these people who are sharing their message they're a lot more grounded than you think and down to earth and willing to co-create some magic so let me know if you ever do end up stepping in this space and want to share your message in any way that i can help you i definitely um, down for that and you know, thanks for all of your support. Glad to have you back, man. I think that uh, me and you could probably do some big things around here together as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And it's uh, it feels good to be back. It feels really yeah. good to be back. I have someone that I'll introduce you to. Um, a very uh, high-level guy out in Austin that helps some pretty high-level people with podcasting. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll connect you with him. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if he can connect you with some people as well and even help you with your podcast production and everything like that too. Cool. Let me know, brother. Thanks. Thanks for all the support. And until we see each other in person, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I love you too. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, much love. (laughs) If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about combo personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.